on episode 69 of Pixel Guide N. It still sounds like I'm in an echoey room. Tim's Cooperative Game Show. Poppin' Twinkle Twin Tail. Eric upgrades his SX-64. An update on Eric's quest to beat Super Mario 3. Eric talks about fall? Retro Rewind.ca. Tim opens up a box. And then opens up another box. Another visitor. Stay while. Stay forever. Welcome to And Tori all right, all right, all right, Eric. It is almost Halloween. One day to go. Yeah, our end of October. It's uh, things are getting a little scary around here. Little spooky. Did you know that my uh, first dog when I was a kid? Was, his name was Spooky. Really? Yeah. Black dog. Kind of disheveled yeah, looking. That's pretty cool. No idea what kind of dog we, he was. Uh, we uh, were big fans of the X-Files. Have you ever watched that show? You know, I never have. I know there's like Agent Mulder and the other Agent one. Agent Mulder and his nickname in the FBI is uh, Spooky. Spooky Mulder. Spooky Mulder, huh? Yep. I can't tell if that show is actually a good show or if it was just schlocky and people just kind of enjoyed it anyways. Well, I, I mean, I can only give my opinion. I love it. I loved yeah. X-Files back when it was on. I watched it. And then we, as a family, have been re-watching it, like some of the old episodes. Oh, cool. Very um, cool. So I, I think it's a fantastic show, but your mileage may vary. Well, welcome to Pixel Guide and your number one source for everything retro and retro-inspired and beer. And beer. Uh, and beer. Very important. Uh, real quick, we want to make sure you guys know that we are part of the Amigos Retro Video Game Network, which includes Amigos, Everything Amiga, ARG Presents, Sprite Castle, R. Sinclair, The Coco Show, 1200XL, and more sometimes. And more sometimes. Like, they have the new a new thing called, like, Conversations from the Dark Side. Oh, I haven't even heard of that yet. I don't yet. know if you've listened. Yeah, so they they bring people on to talk about their kind of spooky uh, stories. This might be only for Halloween, but it, it was interesting. I listened to it in the car a little bit. It they, sounded very cool. They always have room for one more show somehow. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it either, but they do it. But our show talks about everything retro video game. So let's do that right now by jumping into some quick questions. Quick questions. All right, Eric. I've yes. got uh, I've got no quick questions this time. I think you are. No, I do have one. No, I do have one. But you have one. Yep. I'll start off with this, and you can keep this as short or as long as you need to. But I want to hear your story. Tell us one of the scariest things that has happened to you in your life. Don't make it tragic. Just make it scary. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. Is the things that were really scariest were like medical issues and things. So let's not talk about that. Yeah, I don't want to hear boring. that. I, I don't um, want to hear that. <laughs> Although I will say one kind of was gory as well. 
Yeah. We won't go there. We won't go there. No. Um, you know, there's no one moment that sticks out. So I think uh, the one I'm going to have to go with, and this is the only one that's really popping in my head, and it's not even going to sound that scary, but I remember we were at like a um, camping trip thing. I think it was like the school. Our school does uh, what we call outdoor education. Do you remember outdoor education? I do remember, yeah. Which is a fancy way of saying you guys are going to go camping with your schoolmates. Yeah. Um, and we were at the beach on the co- California coast, and we were running around. It was a big beach, too, and it had a lot. It wasn't just, you know, sand. It, like, went back a ways, and there was kind of trees and stuff. It was all, it was, I can't even remember where it was, but, um, and I remember convincing myself, like, we were digging around the sound, and we found, like, these weird, it was probably, like, a, a pine cone or something, but we found, like, this weird, like, looking thing where, like, oh, it's like an alien egg, right? Some kid said that, <laughs> yeah. and he totally convinced me that it was an alien egg because I was young and dumb, and I, you know, whatever. I didn't know what this thing was, and started getting spooked out, and, and the light was going down, and the the sun was, you know, almost down, and so uh, shadows and everything were showing up, right? And I just see—I'm sure it was just some kid running, but my eyes, I saw this creature with like really long arms that like. Almost, yeah. went, almost went to the ground, <laughs> like flopping, uh, like running across in front of me, and I, I hightailed it out of there. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. I, I, that's the only thing See, I can think great. of. But you know, I that's was, a great scary story. And I was like, "That's, that's the what alien. I was looking for." I was messing with the eggs. No, it's more of a stupid yeah. kid story, really. But I was messing with the alien eggs. So now the crazy long-armed alien is running down the beach, trying to figure out what happened to his babies or her babies. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to die. It was. It, it probably was. You Pretty know. sure. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. What was yours? So for me, and, and I'm like you, I don't have that many scary stories in my life. I just things like that just don't happen to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. But this one is all based in reality. It's not based on weird ghost stories or whatever. Well, it's based on a ghost story, but that's not what happened. So my sister graduated from high school when I started high school. So she, we never went to high school together, but my sister, she would always tell me the story about how, and this was a true story. This is the true part of the story. A bunch of kids in her grade got together to have a fight and they would, they went to this street called Dyer's Lane in Rio Linda, California. Dyer's Lane. It, it, seriously, D Y E R S. If you want to look it up on a map, it's out in the middle of <laughs> sticks. Like there's, no, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Like there's very few houses on the street, but um, there's like this strange elbow in the street where there's like an area where a bunch of cars can park, and all these kids got together and they were going to have a fight, and something happened. A kid pulled out a gun or something and like shot one of the kids, and the oh, kid geez. died. And it was one of my sister's friends or whatever. I, I my, my memory is pretty hazy about it, but I thought you said no tragic. After, <laughs> well, I mean, that's tragedy, but, um, but the thing is, you know, once I got to high school and then got to my junior year, this happened to my junior year, kids would go out to Dyer's lane on Halloween to see if there were any ghosts. Okay. And they said there were ghosts of this kid and ghosts of like other people and stuff like that. It was just a thing you did on Halloween in a, in a, in a little town that there was nothing to do. Right. So I had this friend named Chad and, and he had a friend named Gabe and I didn't know Gabe all that well, but we got into his dad's station wagon 
And we go out to Dyer's Lane. Mm-hmm. And this was like probably midnight, right? And we're driving. And we come to that same bend in the road. And we look out in the middle of this field. And this is dark. I mean, this yep. is pitch black. I think it was 11 or 1 in the morning. I don't remember what time it was. But we look out in this field. There's a fire out there, like a bonfire, right? And we look really close. And we see people dancing around this bonfire. <laughs> And so I, I'm, I'm serious. And so we're like, oh, my, this is crazy. This is crazy. And so we all get out. And we're trying to look, get closer look. And there's like a barbed wire fence. And uh, they, they, they all stop dancing. And then they turn around. They look at us. And they all start running at us. What? And this is a true story. Uh, this, is a, this is a true story. And they all start running at us. And as they get closer and listen, they were a ways away where they were just kind of little tiny dots on the horizon or whatever. They start running towards us and some of them were naked and some of them were like half clothed. I'm not joking. (laughs) And so we, we freak out. We jump in his dad's station wagon and ready to, to haul butt out. And he, he st- goes to start the car and he floors it and it stalls the car. <laughs> and so we're like, in, we're like in super panic mode and we think these are like weirdos. And so we, we start to jump out of the car. Like we're going to have to defend ourselves against this <laughs> onslaught of naked people. This is a true story. And uh, finally, as they, they're within like visual range, like we can start seeing the people for what they were because it was still pitch black out there. The fire was a ways away. Yeah, yeah. Um, just as we could see them, the car started and we I dove headfirst into the passenger side and Gabe just jumped into the backseat and we hauled butt out and we could see them in the road like throwing rocks and sticks at us. <laughs> and then we just got out of there. And that, that's the whole story. I mean, Not, but it freaked me out. I mean, I, and I was this, like, I, I still don't know if those were like weird Satanists or something. I have no idea who those were. Yeah, but to this day, you're crazy. like, who on earth was that? And and whatever they're doing no out idea. there, like, think about it. Yeah. Whatever they're doing out there, what are they upset about somebody who pulls up to the side of the road and goes, what the heck are they doing out there? Like, did you not expect yeah. someone to say what the heck is going on out there? Yeah. Weird. And we went out the next year, the very next year, my senior year, we went out there and there Let's was nothing there. We, there was just nobody out there. That's so, funny. Anyway, that's my crazy, scary story. <laughs> well, that's funny. Nowhere you don't hear crazy, scary stories, Eric. What's that? It's when you hop online and make a completely secure, safe, and reliable order on RetroRewind.ca. You're home for everything, Correct. Commodore. Including, um, nothing scary there. Nothing scary there. Uh, even the prices are quite amazing. Even if you take another 10% off using code PG10 at checkout. But what can you find there, Eric? Well, I think one of the cooler things is the C64 Freeload cartridge. Now, this is a kind of redone Epix load cartridge that is smaller and has a reset button on it. But it is a clone of the popular Epix Fastload cartridge with bug fixes and support for SD2 IEC, Pi 1541, and good old-fashioned 1541 floppy drives. So if you have a Commodore 64 and you want to speed up disk transfers, um, I mean, this thing, you know, the stock disk access was about 300 bytes per second. This supercharges it 
2,500 bytes per second. That's like putting big giant headers and a blower on your muscle car. It's like eight times the you know speed. What I'm saying, yeah, like eight times the speed. It also gives you a machine language monitor, disk editor, disk operation tools, uh, the system reset button, as I said, and a physical switch to disable the freeload. That's pretty cool. Cartridge. Now, I'll tell you, that is super cool because sometimes certain games with their own fast loaders won't load if you use a fast load cartridge. And instead of turning it off, pulling the cartridge out, turning it back on, you can just do a physical switch to turn it off and you're good to go. So... Freeload cartridge, I think, is a pretty neat thing, and it's very reasonably priced for a Commodore 64 cartridge at $27, and you can get 10% off of that using PG10 as the promo code. Go to retroewind.ca slash pixelguiden. Put that in your cart. Buy it. Sweet. <laughs> buy it. Yep. Do, do the buying. So, buy it. I got one the more, more you uh, buy, quick question the more you save. One more quick question here, Eric. Yes. And this one is video game yes, related since you went ahead and uh, ran us through the weeds on that first non-video game question. What is the most scared <laughs> what is the most scared you have been while playing a video game? Is my question to you. Uh, man, I got to think about Yeah, I got to think about this one. Why don't you go first? So I was thinking about this one too and I know there's been a few times uh, I couldn't remember the games where I started to play a game and just was so creeped out that I'm like no, it's not worth it. Um, yeah, I mean, typically newer games, I remember people talking to me about, I've heard about people like back in the day, like getting scared by doom and I'm like, doom's not scary. It's just exciting. But, and I guess if, exactly, you know, back before the games were, you know, graphics were amazing and everything, you hear that noise in the background, yeah. you know, off in the distance yeah. and you kind of had that anticipation. Um, the most recent time I remember doing this was, um, Either well, either Resident Evil Four, which is like one of my favorite games of all time, but the one I really yeah. remember where actually I just had to stop because it was just creeping me out too much was Dead Space. Have you played Dead Space? Man, I, I think I want to say that I have, but I don't remember any details. But I do remember. I, I'm pretty sure I did play that one. Yeah, so I, I started playing it, and I really want to enjoy it. Um, I got it for the PS3, I believe. Um, okay. And it's really cool first-person shooter game where you're kind of on this ship in the middle of nowhere and the ship, you know, sent out an emergency signal. So you went to go check it out and you can tell immediately something's wrong and the ship has powered down. Something's on the ship kind of a thing. And um, it's uh, it's a really cool situation where you've got these this gun that can shoot either vertically in a line or horizontally in a line. So when, when the enemies do jump out at you, you kind of have to dismember them by like shoot chopping their arms and stuff off. Uh, pretty cool yeah. system, but man, it was just jump scare after jump scare and jump scares. They get me, you know, and I never go, yeah. Oh, that was fun. I always just go, gosh, darn it. Like I, I, I hate them. I hate jump scares. So it is what it is. Uh, I had to pl- stop playing dead space, even though <laughs> I'm really interested in playing the game just because it was just constantly, uh, startling me. Yeah. Man, I just, I don't, I tend not to play a lot of horror games, horror style games. You know that about me. I mean, I, I never played any of the, really the Resident Evil games and uh, I just don't play those type of games, but I know this is going to be, this is going to sound pretty mild or pretty lame, but I do remember like one of the things, one of my favorite memories of playing games with my kids was my son would play Minecraft and I'd go in there in the middle of the night and I'd 
we, we would just play Minecraft. And I mean, until he went to bed. So like on weekends, you know, it'd be 11 o'clock or whatever. And it'd be dark and we'd be in this room playing Minecraft. And he was always worried that like, he'd either get lost in his world because this was way back before they had a lot of the advanced mapping in Minecraft and things like that. And I remember several nights I'd have to like help him find his way back to his base or whatever. But anyway, the, the, one of the scary and this constitutes kind of a jump scare, but I remember we were building something elaborate, like a big house for him in Minecraft. And we were doing that and it started to get dark in the game. And I was like, well, buddy, we better like build a little area where we can go hide because, you know, the creepers are coming soon because we always played it on the survival mode. (laughs) And I do remember him and I were sitting there in the dark, starting to build a little little part of the house where we could hide and hunker down till sunrise. And all of a sudden we heard the hissing. And when you hear the (laughs) hissing, it's too late. Like the creeper has come up on you. And when the creeper comes, they, they explode. I don't know if you played Minecraft, but I haven't. No. The creepers, when they come up on you and they start hissing, they will explode and destroy all the work you've done. And I remember we we heard the hissing. We were like, no, and we started to run so we wouldn't die. And it like blew up the house and it like both like jump started us and we were freaked out. <laughs> um, Terrifying I, I game, think that's like the Exactly. I th- I, it's really the only thing. I can't remember any time I've been like scared playing a video game. Um I'm just not into those games yet. I mean, I like those games. I think they're cool, but I haven't played them yet. So that's my answer. Gotcha. Gotcha. That works. So if you want to find show information, you're going to go to pixelguiden.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can reach me, Eric Nelson, at DuhProject, D-U-H Project. You can reach the show at at pixel underscore Gaiden. You can reach Cody at at oddball, which is O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim at Sanction at S A N X I O N. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast catcher that you use. That would be really helpful for us. And if you want to email us, you can email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we do encourage feedback. We also have a Patreon account set up. So if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. All right, so just like last episode, um, I have been moving and things have been nuts. I have my setup all done, which means I have not been able to put together a fun little Patreon uh, call out this, this time, but we're still using the random adjective generator from last month. Um, so at this point, these names are going to start sticking, Eric. Um, but I was hoping to yes. go ahead and get some music going here for you, and maybe you could uh, list them off this time just to mix it up. I will. So here we go. Bloody Henrik Lulful. Limping Dustin Newell. Expensive Matthew Ackerman. Obs- obs- what, how did you say this? Obsequious? Obsequious. Obsequious? What does that mean? <laughs> 
I don't even know. It's random. And Daniel it's James. Yeah, Daniel James, Scarce Josh Malone, Rapid Eric Sandgren, Curly David Vincent, Important 10 Minute Amigo Retrocast, or Doug, our friend, Doug. Illustrious Roy Fielding, Ripe Mr. Toast, Nappy. Now, how did you say this again? I've always gone with Maciej Sosnowski. I had to look it up. There you go. So I'm going to let you say that one so I don't <laughs> offend him. Or maybe you offended him and I won't. There you go. Vi- Violent Paradroid. Finicky Ram OK Ram OK. Defiant Ant Stiller. Groovy Mitsuyama. Elite Citizen. Wistful Gary Heather. Loutish Brian Arsenault. Ultra Paul Jacobson or Pajako. And plus... Plush. <laughs> Plush, Jason Holland, our latest Patreon subscriber. Woo! Thank you all very much. Uh, we really do appreciate the Patreon money. It goes into the show. It pays for all the things, makes it easier for us to do the show. So we really, really do appreciate it. Very plush. Very plush. Very plush. All right, Eric. Um, I think uh, we are just about ready to dial across the Atlantic. Yes. Let's see if we can't Reaching pull out. out a Tim. All right, we are back and live with Tim Drew. Tell the people hi, Tim. Hello, gentlemen. How are you today? Well, they're not all gentlemen. Oh, you're talking about us. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Hey, everybody I- out there. Hope you are all safe and well. They said yes, for the most part. Yes. There's that one guy, but don't worry about that one guy. <laughs> um, cool. Great to have you back here. Um, trying to keep my head above water, but it looks like uh, we made the show happen. We're all together and uh, excited to hear. Yeah. A, uh, I'm, excited, I'm excited to hear what kind of uh, game show you got ready for us, Tim, to be honest. I have a game show. Mm-hmm. Are we ready for it? Are we going to go just, just go straight in? Uh, just about, but first we have to get our, our drinks ready. That's kind of a show yeah, thing Yeah, I need to get my drink on. Get my drink on. So, Eric, go ahead and grab what you're going to grab. Um, last episode, I put down a delicious Coors Light, because that's all I have in the house. Uh, and I had a... Uh, <laughs> and I had... Mean, huh? <laughs> yep. And then I had... Uh, so, I didn't tell Tim the story yet, but our kegerator sat in a U-Haul for three days. A U-Haul is like a, you know, a, a lorry for Big rent. Man. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, it's 26 foot long. It was, a, it was a, at that point, it's a, it's a proper lorry, I believe. Um, no, anyways, it was, it was sitting in there for three days in the heat. And I pulled the kegerator out, plugged it in. Next day I tried the beer and uh, it tasted all right. So <laughs> huh? I had an aged Negro Modelo. <laughs> But now I'm out of beers. I have no more beers to try. Nothing new except for more Coors Light. So I have been watching. Um, I finally watched with my wife The Big Lebowski for the first time. Wow. This is a little. Okay. This is about a month and a half ago. And ever since, I've yeah. been enjoying The White Russians. So I'm having oh, so myself. Oh, so you got a little White Russian going on. Got a White Russian tonight. So. Don't cool. think he's very happy about that, though, is he? The, the Russian himself? Yeah. <laughs> Please don't drink me. <laughs> no, was it? No, no, do not drink me. Oh, that's uh, that's Morani. No, I'll give up with accents. 
<laughs> Was that an accent? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Gotcha. Eric, you've got a proper beer, though. So I'm drinking another Oktoberfest, but this one is by Big Sky Brewing, which makes Moose Drool, which is From, a delicious uh, brown ale. Montana. Uh, but this is a Martzen-style lager, and it is... Uh, it is an Oktoberfest. It is auburn color. It is malty. It is it is delicious. You're drinking it out of like a like an insulated see-through cup, and it's just it's weird to me. The whole situation yeah, is weird. It's it's an ice cup, so like you freeze it, and so it keeps your beer cold for hours and hours. Oh, okay. It just looks like it should be a like a tea or something. It's just something weird right. about it. Yeah. Over here, you just have to put that outside for a minute, and that'll do that. <laughs> well it's colder up where i'm at now tim so i'm trying to get used to the last night it got down to what 40 46 here so no 46 yeah 46 yeah you're a bit further north now aren't you and getting colder so up in the nosebleeds <laughs> it's supposed to it's supposed to be a dabble of, sm- of snow a few times a year up here which will be kind of cool nice. maybe we'll have a white christmas who knows? who knows actually actually no we do have up here tim i think i mentioned it before but um so Grass Valley, California is Cornish capital USA. So they actually have a Cornish Christmas mm-hmm. um, complete with like they have not just during Christmas time, but they have three uh, pasty shops up here. Pasty shops. Pasty. Yeah. I'm saying it wrong. See, that's it. So they're up here. We got the hand pies, the meat pies. So have you got um, Kerno beer? Uh, not Kerno, Korev. I have no idea. Maybe. I'll have to look for it. I'll or maybe to, I'll I don't. Send you some. When is it? So it's Cornish Christmas, is it? Cornish Christmas, yeah. They kind of do it all December. All right, okay. So, um, yeah, Korev is a, is a well, one of one of the beers from Cornwall. So, okay. Yeah, you might, you might also be receiving something else related to that as well. Ooh, so. ooh. <laughs> You'll be the star of the show. <laughs> Well, we already went to the grass bear, the first annual Grass Valley Beer Festival on Saturday and got to see all the local breweries, which was cool. And uh, one of my favorites, uh, Eric, I don't know, or Tim, I, uh, there's one up here called uh, Penn Valley Mead Company. And all oh, they wow. make is mead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was delicious. That's pretty cool. I've never had mead. I'm like, yes. And I'm, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had mead either. Yeah, it's it's good actually. And yeah, I don't um, think I have. I I've had, had br- I've had brandy wine before, and that stuff is appalling. But yeah, yeah meat is good. So I I feel like I need to go uh, buy like a pewter mug though to to drink it correctly. <laughs> Nonetheless, Eric, how was your beer? How are you going to rate this thing? Well, I'll I'm going to rate it out of. Uh... Oh, cheers! Cheers! Five. Cheers! <laughs> Cheers, guys. Noises. Well, let's see what's on this can. There's a goat on this can. Yeah, I think that's a goat. Sure. Let's say it's a goat. I'm going <laughs> to rate it out of 88 goats. <laughs> out of how many, how many goats? goats are you going to give it? I'm going to give this one 70 goats. 70 out of 88. It's good. It's not great, great, but it's good. It's very solid. So. Well, I'm going to give this, wh- out of this white Russian a 73 out of 88 goats. I'm enjoying my white nice. Russians lately. And what kind of uh, coffee are you having there, Tim? Black. Man, I've got a fly buzzing around here. I hope it's not picking up. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't hear it. Buzz off. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I've actually got a new coffee to try this time. 
So Ooh, I've mixing got, it up. Maybe the, we maybe we should do this as a thing. So I should I should do some different coffees. <laughs> um, this is a Lavazza uh, El Crema de Gusto. Wow, mm. though. So I basically Spanish? think that means was it fast cream or something like that? <laughs> is that Spanish uh, coffee? No, it's Italian Lavazza. Oh, Italian. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wow. All the, all the best is Italian, of course. Did you uh, pour it? No, the best, you the pour- best pizza is Italian. <laughs> the best pizza. Did you pour in a wee bit of the creature? Uh, not this morning, no. Spike it a bit. Spike it a bit. All right. <laughs> Pleasantries right, out on. of the way. Talk- it's time to get down and dirty. Let's get to it. Uh, hopefully at this point I'll be able to add in my sound effects. But uh, nonetheless, Tim, go ahead and introduce your game show with gusto. Okay. With gusto. With gusto. This game show will once and for all, between Eric and Cody, decide which is the best, Sega or Nintendo. Ooh. I already know the answer to that. <laughs> Eric and I are on different different sides of that, though, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so first off, we have a Sega round. Okay. 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 So I'm going to ask you some questions. They are multiple choice questions. So there's obviously uh, one particular correct answer and some fake answers. Um, we've got one, two, three, I think there's four questions in each round. Okay, so we've got eight questions in total. And uh, we'll score each round and then whoever gets the most points in each round will decide the winner. So if you get more points in the Sega round, more points in the Nintendo round. So this is oh, a gotcha. co-op game. Gotcha. Okay. A co-op okay. game. Excellent. And, and no, viewers, right. you play along with us. Play along at home. Yes. Play along at home, why don't you? Grab a pen and some paper and let's all play along. On it. I am on it. Okay. So, first question on the Sega round. Are you ready, gentlemen? Yes. I have my paper. Are you ready at home? And pen. Got your pen? Paper and pen. pad. Okay. So remember, it's co-op. So I'm not after the first person to ask the question first or anything like that. So come to a consensus. Okay. All right. The Sega Nomad is a portable Mega Drive console. Yes. Can you name the special variant that was released for use on aeroplane journeys on board Japanese airline flights? Is no. it oh. the Highliner, the Mega Jet, Genesis Wing, or Mega Flight Drive? It wouldn't be the Genesis thing since it's in Japan. So let's rule that one out. Okay, the Highliner sounds right, and that last That's one. What I'm... And the last one sounds so stupid. It's probably right. So those are my choices. I can't figure out which one to go with yet. The Mega I Jet thought... Wing, or what was? Yeah. You want me to read them again? Sure. One more time. Highliner, Mega Jet, Genesis Wing, or Mega Flight Drive? Mega Flight Drive. How dumb is that? <laughs> and it's so going to be it. I got to go with Highliner, I, I, though. My gut says Highliner, too. So that's our consensus vote. So you are going for Highliner. Final answer. <laughs> Oh, ah. is the dumb guys. one? Is it the dumb one? The answer is indeed Mega Jet. Oh, Mega Jet. Okay, I accept that. Cool. So far, okay. Sega is losing. Okay. 
Question number two. Which of these stages does not feature in Sonic CD? Stardust Speedway, Collision Chaos, or Angel Island? So we've got Stardust Speedway, Collision Chaos, or Angel Island. Which one does not feature in Sonic CD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never played Sonic CD, so I'm just going to be guessing here. <clears throat> yep. Collision Chaos is the one that sounds wrong to me, so it's probably right. Stardust Speedway sounds so good that that's probably not right. <laughs> I would think Flies Angel, back. like, are they really, I mean, the Angel one sounds like it might not fit well within a game, right? It feels out Do of you place. Know for sure? Do you, do you think that's the one? I mean, I really have no idea, Eric. They all sound like for their own separate reasons that they would not be included. Angel Island doesn't sound right, though. What yeah. do you think at home? What What do you think? What's the general consensus out there? Give me an answer out out there. Angel Island. Interesting. <laughs> okay, guys. All right, I think what we're going think? with Angel Island. You're yeah, we're going to lock it in Angel Island. Locked. It's locked. You are correct. Mm. Yes. Cheers, Wait. Cody. Bam. Cheers. One I heard that ago. sonic sound that... Like when you continue. Ding. You got a ring. Yep. Okay. Question number three. Uh, Sega like to use names of planets for secret, secret internal development codes for new consoles. Pluto. Pluto? Okay. <laughs> Which... Uh, no, I won't do the accent. Um, <laughs> which was the code for the thir- the 32X Mega Drive Genesis add-on? Was it Venus, Mars, Mercury, or Snigger, <laughs> Uranus? <laughs> I know Pluto is when they shoved the 32X together with a something else. It's all in yeah, one. Yeah, that or was something. an un- unreleased, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was. Uh, but that was a, an actual console, wasn't it? They yep. did a thirty-two yep. X console. So we've got Venus, Mars, Mercury, or Uranus. I'm gonna go. I think it's Mars. Mars sounds right. Yeah, I think it was either Venus or Mars. So I'm gonna. I'll go with you. Let's do Mars. You're locking in Mars. What do we you are. think at yeah. home? Is is Cody and Eric right? <laughs> Well, they are right. It's correct. It <laughs> oh, man. Sega for Boom. the win. I like it. Congratulations, gentlemen. You are to... on two points on Sega. We have to cheers and drink again. <laughs> cheers. Okay. Question number four. A musical-related question, nonetheless. Mm. The music for the first two Sonic the Hedgehog games was composed by Masato Nakamura. Nakamura, oh. who was part of a famous J-pop band in 1988. What was the name of this band? So it's okay. We're multiple choice here. Yeah. Are you ready? Thank you. Strap in. <laughs> Symp- <laughs> S- Symphony of the Mind. Japanese gentlemen, stand up, please. Dreams come true. Or the letter J, exclamation point. Hmm. I'm gonna say dream. 
I think it's dreams come true. And the only oh. reason I say that is that I just think I, I think the other ones are not real. I'm gonna go with that too. We're rocking, rocking with dreams come true. <laughs> okay, so you 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 saw through my clever ruse here, and you are correct. It is dreams come true. Nice. I can't I can't believe I got that right. <laughs> I do. There's no way on this earth I would know that. There's no way. Not only do I not listen to J-pop, but that is just a ridiculous question. <laughs> Absolutely. But I got it. We nailed it. Oh, we got it, Eric. Come on. Don't leave me out of yeah. this. We got it. I did. I said, we nailed it. <laughs> okay. So Sega is three at the moment. So yeah. Three out of four. Ugh, I better start sabotaging this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nintendo. All right. What was the GameCube's internal development code? Was it Jackrabbit, Shark, Dolphin, or Moondance? Dolphin. I think. Wait, dolphin. is Dolph? Hold on. Are you sure? So it's Jackrabbit, Shark, I thought... Dolphin, or Moondance. For some reason, I thought Dolphin was a Dreamcast, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with Dolphin. Let's do Dolphin. Dolphin. Locking in Dolphin. We are. You are correct, gentlemen. Good job, Cody. You got that. Nailed it. Question number two. I feel kind of smart this round. This is, you know. Mm. Mm. Which is the best-selling Nintendo Wii exclusive game of all time? Wii Play, Super Mario Brothers Wii, Wii Sports, or Mario Kart Wii? Wii! Wii Sports. I, I, I was just going to say that, Cody. Wii Sports, I think, is the is the one. You are going with Wii Sports, gentlemen? Are I'll you, answer. Are you, is that a consan- cons- concise answer? Yes? Yes. Yep. Okay, you are correct. <laughs> I think I heard that a few places. Everyone I knew had okay. that. <clears throat> yep. Question three. Now, when I, when I made this one up, it is Nintendo related, but not directly. Okay. <laughs> which is the first, just before you point that one out, just <laughs> which is the first NES game, so there's the tie in, to use the Konami code? Is it Gradius or Gradius, as you might call it? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, Contra or Life Force? So we've got Gradius, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, Contra, or Life Force. I used it on Contra all the time. I used it on Life Force all the time, but I believe it to be Gradius. So I was going to say it's either Gradius or Contra. So I'm going to let you pick one of those, Cody. It's, it's We always called it the Contra code, but I know it didn't start there. I'm going with Gradius. Okay, let's do Gradius. Lock it in. Gentlemen. You are correct. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Three for good, three. Good, good. All right. All right. Okay. Next question. Question four. Final question in the Nintendo round. So Sega's quaking in its boots right now. <laughs> what year was Luigi's Mansion first released in Japan? Was it Ugh. 2003, 2001, 2004, or... 2002 between 2001 and 2004 
I was going to say, let's put those in order. Come on. What is this, metric? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Can you my, confusing, my confusing mind rot. In centimeters. So 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. Look at my quick math. That was pretty fast. <laughs> you rearrange those quickly, Tim. Impressive. <laughs> I feel like the only reason Tim would, Tim would pick this is because it's something weird, like... Typically, everything comes out in Japan first, but maybe this time it was released in America first for some weird reason. What now? Was that an earlier title or a later title on GameCube? I this, think it this was an is early. the question. This is the question. I right? think it was fairly early. Yeah, me too. In America, so I think it's I think it's one or two, two thousand one or two thousand two. What do you think, Cody? Come on. We got to go early then. Of course, you're all playing along at home at this moment. What do you think the year is? Do let's try let's try 2001 2002 2003 2004 yeah let's do we're gonna lock in 2001 2001 is correct wow wow right. and look at nintendo and that means nintendo is the winner but mm-hmm. it's not really because we all know it's sega <laughs> all right now where's the uh, turbo graphic 16 questions <laughs> We're all winners here. Okay, we got seven so of eight. Nintendo wins, so we don't need my feeble tiebreak questions. So let's move on, gentlemen. All right, all right. Well, thank you, <laughs> sir. You that was tiebreak questions. You made us feel very smart. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, you did very well. I you legitimately well. knew like all the Nintendo ones, and we legitimately guessed the crap out of all the Sega questions. <laughs> yeah. I felt I, that's what I was saying. I felt good. Like we got the questions right, but they weren't easy. Like the Sega ones weren't easy. Dreams nice one, can come well true. Do you know what? <laughs> you did so well on that. I think you should do a gaming and beer related podcast. Hey, yeah. that's a good call. <laughs> well, so do you want to do the tiebreak questions or not? Yeah. Let's do, do a tiebreak question. All right. Quick little warm up before catching up. So, as usual, completely unrelated to games but very loosely related to what we do on the show so the first tiebreak question is budweiser first sold in america in 1876 in st louis in what year was the lager first introduced on general sale in the uk was it 1901 Okay, I'm going to put this chronologically for you. 1967, <laughs> 1984, or 1997. So that's 1901, 1967, 1984, or 1997. I think it would be 84. I was going to say 84. Yeah, 67's too. There's too much going on in the world at that time. I don't think that's... I don't think they had time to do that. A lot of stuff is going on in the world. I think it's going to be 84. I'm going with 84, too. It just sounds right. You guys, if you were still tied, you'd still be tied because you are correct. <laughs> it is 1984. Well, I guess we'd always be tied because... Um... <laughs> yeah. You impressed because, with yeah, my yeah, Budweiser? Yeah. yeah. But, but then you impressed with you my both, Budweiser you knowledge? That right, yeah. <laughs> but I legitimately would have picked that, too, so... Okay. I'm ashamed of I'm ashamed of my Budweiser knowledge. I know I was drinking Coors Light earlier too. What did they think about my? I've, I've got a tiebreak tiebreak question. All right, <laughs> so, because it was released in 1984 to the market with an alcohol volume of 4.5 percent. 
which country has the highest percentage by volume for a Budweiser beer? Is it China, Ireland, Australia, or USA? What was the second one? Yeah, I missed that. So it's China, Ireland, Australia, Ireland, USA. Ireland. I kept hearing Ireland. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Come on, Tim. I mean, Ireland. Say it with me. Ireland. <laughs> Ireland. Ireland. Like the Ireland. Cayman Islands. It's not I S L A N D. It's Ireland. I R E L A N D. All right. China, Ireland, and what else? Australia. Okay. And USA. USA. America. What I mean, was the question again? So, what, what, which, which of those ones, which of those countries has the highest alcohol volume version of Budweiser? Oh, version. Oh, okay. See, I the the obvious answer would be Ireland, but I'm not gonna. I don't think it is. I don't think that's true. I think that's. I think that's a a false flag. I I'm think gonna, it's. Pro, I'm gonna say it's probably Australia. What do you think? I'm it's not say, USA. I'm going to say it's USA because there's probably some weird import law or something where if it's above a certain percentage, they have to tax it differently or something. So I'm going to say USA. All right. Well, we got to cons- we got to do a consensus, right? No, no, so, a tiebreaker. It's a tiebreaker. So I'm, 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 I'm going I'm, I'm to say Australia. Cody? USA. Cody, you are right. Oh, <laughs> he got me. He's the Budweiser King. Now, what was the reason so for the, that? So the USA, the Netherlands, and Canada is five, and China is the lowest with 3.6. Huh. But you don't know a reason? It's just... No, that's just what it said on the website. <laughs> just what, what it is. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I think it's time for us to move past the shenanigans. Pixel Guide listeners, this is Eric Nelson, and I thought that I would take this Eric's Take segment and talk about fall. You could call this my ode to fall. Summer is probably my favorite uh, season because I enjoy doing stuff outdoors. I like the heat. I like I like hot weather. I like going running. I like uh, doing sports with the kids, uh, and I like summer beers just fine. Um, but honestly, when I think about it overall, fall is probably my favorite season just because everything to me is pretty nice in fall. Like, I think the beers are wonderful, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, I play different types of video games in the fall because winter's coming and I spend a little more time indoors. Um but I just wanted to kind of sing Fall's praises, if you will. This is going to be another segment that's going to be completely off the cuff. I don't have any notes, so I'm probably going to ramble on and on. But I did want to talk about it. So let's first talk about 
uh, the the games I tend to play in the fall, and I'm going to lump fall and winter together because fall's kind of to me like the beginning of winter, and um, I, I during the summertime. Well, let's let's back up. Before I started doing the podcast, um, I played games differently. I played games a lot more seasonally. So what I would do is during the summertime, spring and summer, I would play a lot more action games. I would play a lot more arcade games, a lot more shoot 'em ups. Uh basically kind of games I could get into and out of quickly because it's summertime. I mean, I want to go out and do stuff in the evening. I want to go out and play sports with the kids. I want to do things. So I don't sit in front of a video game system for hours and hours. I tend to have my gaming in short little bursts. So before the podcast, that's what I did. I played a lot of more action games. In fact, if you go on my Twitter feed at, at Dub Project, you will see an arcade machine, a little uh, tabletop arcade machine that I built, a bar top, I guess is what they call it. Uh, and I built that, and I did that during the summer because I just wanted to play arcade games more, uh, I guess, more authentically with the, the buttons and the joysticks and all that. And so I built that during the summertime. Then when fall and winter come around, I would tend to play more involved games, meaning RPGs and open world games, uh, things of that nature. Um you know, uh, in the older times, it was RPGs like like Ultimas, and uh, in the more recent uh, history, it's been more like Skyrim's and Far Cry and stuff like that. Games that are, you know, 40, 60 hours, games you, you can play for, you know, two, three hours and then resume them the next day, but you can play them all through winter because they have so many hours attached to them. But... Um, I, 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 but the podcast came along and we pretty much have to play the games. We, a lot of my gaming time is spent doing research for the podcast, which I'm not complaining at all. It's introduced me to so many new and varied games and I'm playing on the same episodes. I'm researching action games, arcade games and uh, Metroidvanias, which take a little bit of time too. So I'm not complaining at all, but my gaming patterns, I guess, my seasonal patterns for gaming have changed a lot because of the podcast. But while I'm sitting here drinking this Oktoberfest, I am right now drinking an Oktoberfest from Big Sky Brewing. Uh, they make such great beers as Moose Drool, uh, which is one of my wife's favorites. Um, but I'm sitting here and I realize, man... I, I do miss kind of the hunkering down during fall and uh, winter and playing in-depth games. And so I just want to talk a little bit about fall, what it brings, because we are a podcast that talks about retro games, retro-inspired games, and beer. So let's talk about beer. In the summertime, spring and summer, I drink lighter beers like Pilsners and Lagers and um, basically more refreshing beers, to to put it uh, in a different way. And I love those beers. I have, I have so many different ones. I can't, I can't even list them. And I, I talk, we talk about them on the podcast a lot. I've brought a lot to review with Cody. Um, but I'm talking about beers like Firestone 805. Um, I love a crisp lager like, um, like Asahi. Um, you know, basically, I, I used to be really into Hefeweizens. I don't drink too many of those anymore, but I do like Hefeweizens. 
um, with a nice little lemon in it. You know, I have some people that are in my my personal life that just think that putting fruit in beer is ridiculous, and I think that you should do whatever you want, whatever tastes great. I love a nice lemon in a Hefeweizen. I drink a lot of the cervezas, uh, you know, Mexican beers like Dos Equis and Corona, and I love throwing a lime in those. Those are my great summer beers. Um, but when fall comes around, it's time to shift gears into a little, like, f- the nice thing is there's a nice transition. Fall has more kind of auburn-colored, little darker, more caramel-colored beers, a uh, little heavier. Um, so we're talking our Oktoberfests, the Martzens, uh, talking brown ales, um, even start dipping the toe into some uh, porters and uh, stouts. So the, the fall is the transition period, though. And a few years ago, my wife and I got really got into pumpkin ales. We even have had some on the show. One got me violently sick towards the end of the show. I don't know if you remember that. I don't remember what episode it was, but... Pumpkin ales in general, I really like. Uh, I know a lot of people don't, but I really enjoy a good pumpkin ale. And they are hit or miss. Some pumpkin ales are just really horrible, and some are fantastic. Um, But lately, I've been shifting a lot more to uh, Oktoberfest beers, which is really Martzen's, some box, uh, basically ones that are a little darker, a little more have a malty, toasty, caramel flavor. Uh, I've been enjoying a ton of them. I, I found out recently Firestone makes a makes an Oktoberfest, which I, I I've enjoyed and is outstanding. There's another one by Golden Road, which is a pretty uh, good sized brewery around here, and they make a very good Oktoberfest. And a lot a lot of the local uh, indie brewing companies are um, they they are making their own Oktoberfest this year, which. As of like the previous years, very few of the local breweries, little microbreweries, were making Oktoberfest because they are so seasonal. But I was surprised there were four or five different places around here in the Sacramento area that are making Oktoberfests, and they've all been pretty good. I haven't really had a really bad one in the bunch. I mean, some are better than others, but they've all been pretty good. Um and pumpkin ales, I uh, got some Buffalo Bills. I got the dark one, which is a dark pumpkin porter. Uh, I got a, the, the, the regular Buffalo Bills pumpkin ale. Those are two of my favorites this time of year. Really good stuff um, that I've enjoyed. Um, but I've been thinking about, you know, gaming and, like, trying to get into something. And coincidentally, uh, Far Cry 6 came out. Now, I know Far Cry 6 is a brand new game, so we're not going to talk a lot about it. But I do love the Far Cry series, and going all the way back to the second Far Cry, I've played and beaten every one of them. I love them. When my son got of age, probably around 14 or so, I introduced him to Far Cry. He loves it now. In fact, I went and bought my copy of Far Cry 6 and bought him a copy of Far Cry 6. I bought mine for the Xbox One. I bought his for the Xbox Series X, because that's what he plays on. And uh, so far, I'm probably about maybe five hours into it, so not very far, but I'm loving it. It's got the good old-fashioned formula. I've been reading some reviews about Far Cry 6, and a lot of people are just saying it's the same old formula and no- nothing new or innovative. I-, I I agree with that, but I also disagree that that's a bad thing. I think when you have something that's a winner, you stick with it, and I, I'm loving it. And they do introduce a lot of new gadgets, a lot of new weapons and stuff. I'm loving that game. But... 
we on our uh six good games in october uh as we're recording uh we were talking about bloody and gory games and i kind of started reviewing um one of my games i'm going to pick spoiler alert if you haven't heard that yet is uh grand theft auto uh vice city and i have great memories of that game uh, that is one of those games that is in-depth. You spend a lot of time with it. I, I enjoyed playing that more in the fall and winter months. Um, I, I, I have a lot of really great memories of um, playing GTA 3 and Vice City. To, um, basically, I got GTA 3, played that, played a lot of GTA 4. I'm sorry, not GTA 4, uh, GTA Vice City. And just... Uh, exploring the world in those games and i have a lot of people in my life that really don't play grand theft auto because they you know they think the theme's kind of dubious at best um and i think they're missing out on a great game overall i think the i think the gta games i love the non-linear fashion that you don't really have to you can just go play the main storyline whenever you want but otherwise you can just just fart around the city and just get chased by cops or go on little, you know, bank robberies or, or chases or be a taxi driver, whatever you want to do and earn experience and money and whatever you want. And it just, that is a franchise that really did it right in, in regards to open world. And that's a game I play a lot in the fall. Um, another great game I remember playing in the fall was a uh, rock band. I'm a big fan of rock band, or at least it used to be. I, I, I'm, I'm retired from rock band, I think. Uh, but back in the day when fall started coming around, and you want to spend more time indoors, you would play rock band and buy friends over and everyone would get on an instrument and play. And we, we were set up at our house for rock band. We had a microphone, guitars, basses, drums, pretty much every instrument that you can do in rock band. And I would download all the DLCs and get all the songs. It was kind of more like almost a karaoke setup with instruments and we would just have a blast and we did that a lot in the fall and winter another great thing about the fall is christmas is approaching and so many games plan their releases in november so here we are i'm talking this is uh, october i know of so many games that are coming out or have come out already here in october already getting ready for the holiday season and uh like I said, I just purchased Far Cry 6, but also Metroid Dread is is out already. I haven't purchased it yet, but I probably will sometime before Christmas. Um, but so many games just start to come out during the fall and winter. Uh, and they plan that exactly because people are spending more time indoors and and gearing up for cold weather. So I don't know. I think fall might be the very best season for gaming. It is one of my favorites for, obviously, beer drinking, as I'm sitting here drinking my Oktoberfest. So I just want to raise my cup and say I love fall, and I hope you do too. Anyway, thanks for listening. I will see you next month on Eric's Take. And catch up! All right. Hopefully that was substantial time for the bump to happen, and now we're into catching up. <laughs> Catch I don't up. have my soundboard. I don't know what's going on with the show right now, guys. <sighs>
Oh, dear me. Dear me. All right. I think I'm screen sharing still, so I should be able to pop right back over to this, and you guys should see this. Yeah? 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 Catching up. Catching up. Catch a ride. Catch a ride. That's news. We did news. Riveting, riveting. Catching up. There it is. Hey, Tim, you got the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So I've finally been rolling with the cool kids and uh, downloaded Katamari Damashi reroll yes. on the switch and this game is epic <laughs> it's awesome it? isn't it i remember oh, when we talked my. about it because we talked about the ps2 version and then we talked then i mentioned that there was a switch and i bought the switch like a remaster oh man i had so much fun with that thing so i'm i'm really happy I, now is danica enjoying this uh, Danica loves. She she doesn't w- actually want to play it. She just wants to sit there and watch it. And oh, okay. One thing she particularly enjoys is the is the intro to it, um, because she is absolutely nuts on pandas and there's dancing pandas <laughs> in it and giraffes and <laughs> it's just yeah. amazing. It Not to mention the music is the senses, isn't it? <laughs> the music is crazy. It's it's deep nuts. <laughs> I <Deez> nuts. <laughs> I really need to get into that game because I really I played just minutes of it. But it, here's the sad thing: when you when you said Danica wants to sit there and watch it, like I feel like both the the best and worst parent in the world at that moment. I get so excited because I'm like, wait a minute, I can sit here and play the game I want to play, and my daughter like wants to quote unquote spend time with me by sitting next to me and watching me play the game I already want to play. Like yeah. this is a win win. <laughs> like I get legitimately excited. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Dan- Danica is one of those one of those that she does like to sit and watch and play, um, yeah. and pick up new things and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's it's really cool. But yeah, she she loves that. I can't I can't get off. So I don't know if you know the 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 premise of the game. So you are the little dude, um, and you've got to roll the ball around the uh, the the screens, the areas, and you've just got to collect random stuff. Um, yeah, I'd, and roll it up on your catamari. I defined um, it as a snowball simulator on the a couple, yeah. last month. I think <laughs> no, no, it was uh, what was it? An open world vacuum simulator. I think that's what Eric came. That's up what with. Eric probably called. Yeah, <laughs> and that was absolutely <laughs> bang on. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah, it's it's just mad. You're just rolling the ball around, just trying to collect as much stuff as you can to try and get the catamari a, a certain. Um, uh, diameter um yeah. and then when you do you basically that counts as like one of the because the king is what was it did he get drunk or something and stole yeah. all the stars out of the sky yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you play the prince yeah. yeah you play the prince you're trying to fix his uh his issues yeah you gotta fix your daddy issues yep yeah um so yeah it's it's just nuts but i i can't i can't seem i can't seem at the moment to get past uh level four i think it is which is you've got to get uh the fourth star and the katamari's got to go up to a meter in length or something like that and i could i can get up to around about 89 90 centimeters and i keep running out of time because it gives you 10 minutes i think it is yeah Ooh, um, a timer but, game i didn't realize yeah, it's a timer Eric. game which is it is a timer game you're right yeah yeah, but it's I think that's, that's, part of, that's part of the game, isn't it? That you've got that timer. Otherwise, yep. it's just there's no no kind of like jeopardy or excitement to it. Um, yep. But yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And it's a real assault on the senses. It's one of those um, sort of like the obviously it's very much a Japanese game. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was going to bid on the soundtrack the other day. Actually, I saw that on eBay, but it went really? on city yeah. money. So, um, but yeah, it's brilliant. I love cool. it. Very cool. Yeah. So talking of Switch, game. Eric, what have you been doing? So I just want to talk about two games that I got here. First, let, let me just mention Cruise and Blast. I'll get that out of the way. Cruise and Blast. Here's the I bought oh. a physical copy of it. Um, Switch. This thing. This is an awesome arcade racer, but it is so arcadey, so unrealistic, but it is a blast. So if you're into games like, you know, that are just totally fast paced, unrealistic, Cruise and Blast is awesome. It's based well, on an arcade game, but it's an arcade game I've never played. So, really? I mean, it's a more modern is that arcade not game. based on the Cruising USA or something like that. Yeah, there's, that a, there's a whole series came of out on the N64, wasn't it? Yeah, there's Cruising there's a USA, whole series Cruising of them, World, but, Cruising Exotica. There's yep, a whole bunch of them. It yeah. is, but Cruising Blast, um, from what I understand, is a more recent arcade game. Like, um, this arcade game came out, like, I don't know, at least in the last eight years, ten years, something like that. But it is a sequel, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Honestly, I really don't know for sure, but I've been playing it and playing through it, and it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, the graphics on this are crazy good, and the levels, like, they, they do a lot of stuff with uh, depth, like when you're driving, and then you'll break through a road that'll go down a hole, and your car is, like, floating, and you can literally do tricks with your car where you're spinning your car <laughs> and stuff Sounds like, like that. Sounds like Cruising USA, yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't 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 buy this game if you're into realistic racers because this is not realistic in any way. It, it, um, I mean, this is not a simulator. Yep. I think we all need to but get it, it so we can play four-player online, which exists. Oh, wow. I didn't know it went up to four players. Yeah. It's that. a great... It's, a, it's fantastic. I mean, you, you'll love it. I, I am having a hard time, like... Um, I mean, I always get either in like third place or second place, it's not easy to get into first place. So, I mean, I've been kind of scratching my head, like wondering what I'm doing wrong when I'm racing, but, um, but I've been really enjoying it. Now, the other one, the other game I wanted to talk about was the download is called dice legacy. So, so I'm gonna, I got to interrupt you real quick. So this game, yeah. I saw it and I'm like, this is like my kind of game. And mm-hmm. then I looked on your thing and it said you were playing it and I'm like, Oh shoot, Eric already got it. So I was going to let yeah. you be the guinea pig, but this is like right up my alley. It's yep, yeah. So how is it? One, one. So one thing this thing took me a while to get acclimated to it because it is. Imagine this. Imagine like a city builder. You know where you're building your your kind of resources in your city. So First of all, you're on a. City. Yeah, so you're on a boat, and then this world is round, like it's like a. Um, Imagine like a, is it not flat? Not flat. But <laughs> oh, he's not a flatlander. He's a flatlander. Flat exactly. <laughs> not round like a globe, but imagine like a wedding ring. It's exactly like a wedding ring, like the inside of a ring. Okay. So you, you are you you are like inside on the inside track of a ring, a cylinder, and you're in a boat, and then you hit a shore, and all of a sudden you have to build like this camp in this world. And you have to defend it and you have to do all sorts of things. But the way you, you know how like in most uh, of these type of games like Command and Conquer or whatever, you send out and you get resources like trees and you get rocks and you get that. You do all of that in this game, but the way you do it is you roll dice. And the dice have certain things on the dice like an axe or 
you know, different pictures of resources. And then you allocate those dice to the buildings and then it builds whatever the building's supposed to build. So do you see how the, the world looks like a big disc there? Yeah. Um, so you, you roll dice, you apply them. Now the thing is they have durability. So every time you roll a dice, it loses a point. I think it starts with like 16 points. So every time you roll a dice, you lose a durability point and there are buildings that will restore durability, but if the dice don't do what you want them to do, you can re-roll them all you want. But the problem is every time you re-roll them, they lose durability. So mm. you roll your dice, you apply them to different buildings, they make things, and then you just keep building your world. And then you can also have like a, there's like a sword on one of them that is your defense. So people will attack your base and you need to kind of keep one of those in reserve, like the sword one, so that you can apply that to fight people. So I'm reading all this and researching. I'm like, man, this looks like the best game ever. So I get it and I'm playing it. And man, I am just not clicking with the game for a while. Hmm. And I spent two or three nights just trying to play it, trying to get used to it. I just keep failing and failing and failing. And I have to go back and watch a bunch of videos on how to play it. And then it finally does start to click and it's a great game. Oh, good. Okay. But remember the learning <laughs> curve. <laughs> the the learning curve on this game is in, pretty intense. So there is a, a built-in um, kind of tutorial, but it's kind of annoying. So like I kind of turned it off early in the beginning, thinking, "Well, I can just do this." No, you can't do it. You can't learn this game on your own. You can't wing it. You got to do the tutorial. And once you do that, you'll be fine. Or watch some videos online. the The YouTube videos help me a lot. Do you think this video, this game would be better on like PC and Steam with the mouse and keyboard, or do you think I do? Okay, I'm looking at it now. I bought it on Switch. I bought it on Switch, but I think it would be better on a PC. I think the controls would be better. Yeah, I'm watching somebody play the PC version right now, and I'm like, ooh, that looks hard to. Yeah. Switch over to an analog. It's not stick. that hard. I mean, you just grab your dice and you 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 apply them in the world like like that. It's not it's not that bad on the switch, but I was hitting the wrong button a lot. And once you hit it, you're done. Like you can't go back on your turn if you hit yeah. the wrong button on the switch controller. And I did that so many times. Where I think yeah. with the PC, it's a little more intuitive. Yeah, I can see that mechanic is going to be a bit struggling, isn't it, on the switch? Yep. So no the. the the game is good. The game is great, but expect a deep learning curve in the beginning. Sounds like most games I play. I always have. <laughs> so how about we switch well, to a new topic? Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <what>? Okay. <laughs> um, I bought some Evercade games on Amazon because they finally showed up in stock. That's kind of my, that's, that's it. Um, that was my big thing yep no that was the big thing is that there's no other distributor and so you go on Amazon and Amazon's you know immediate warehouses were out because they didn't buy enough and so everything was like 35 40 bucks and I'm not going to pay that so finally they got some more in stock so I did pick up uh, Mega Cat Studios Collection 2 I got Worms I got Indie Heroes and I got Interplay number 2 so I've got some cartridges to play on my Evercade, which is buried somewhere in my garage under a million other boxes right now. Um, 
Now, so, the question is, will you get the verses before you manage to find that one? Well, that I, so we talked about that last episode, Tim, but I, I did wait until the, the final hour, the ninth hour to order my Evercade to yep. make sure that it wasn't going to be uh, delayed. And as soon, literally eight hours after I press pre-order, it was delayed. delayed. <laughs> so, <Blame you. laughs> so no, I will, I will be playing this handheld, I think, for a while here. Yeah. So my, my, my Evercade versus, um, I, I couldn't even remember if I pre-ordered the thing and I had an email <laughs> just turn up and that's why I kind of jumped on that so quick because it was like an email just came into my mailbox and it's like, Oh, Evercade versus is delayed. Sorry about this. You know, your, your order, blah, blah, blah. And yep. I'm like, huh? I ordered one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so I tried signing on them to the fun stock site. No, no dice there. Um, so I sent him an email and within literally like four or five minutes, they'd sent me an email back with the order number and all the details. So kudos to RetroStock. Wow. Um, yeah, nice. They're really, really good customer service. So I have to, uh, have seemed, to give them that. Seemed like a great um, company. Yeah. And the founder edition sounds like it's not going to be delayed too far. I think we might have it sort of like end of November, uh, beginning of December over here, but I won't be able to use it because that's going to be my gift from Santa. Now, was the founder edition like black or something or was there? Yes. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. And comes with, I don't know whether the first one does or not, but comes with two, two controllers, I think, and all that sort of jazz. So yeah. See Tim, so, you got to do what I did. Like we talked about this in the last episode. So get it in, unwrap it, play it. And then right the week before Christmas, just put it, wrap it back up and put it under the tree. <laughs> we were just Come talking on, man, about that's that. That's the way we do it. Yeah. The, the problem <laughs> is, is normally Donna gets to all the deliveries first before I do. So it just goes, yoink. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, yeah. So uh, kudos to, um, to Funstock and, uh, yeah, Evercade. Uh, the verse is, is looking like a good one. Um, and uh, I think I'm going to get a, a couple of other games with it as well. Um, cool. So, to go with my many other games that have still remained unopened for the for the main one. Yeah, I've been waiting for the console version because I think just handhelds don't work for me unless they have a Switch size screen. Yeah. So I'm excited yeah. for the consoleized version. Yeah. I think, I think Danik has used the Evercade more than I have. So what's next, guys? Is it me? Is it's it you. It is know. you. It's me again, is it? Okay. Um, so uh, I visited a, a local store. Um, we have uh, a place here called Seaton, not Seatown, Seaton. Um, and we regularly go there to a big superstore to get our shopping each week. And we have a quick wander into the town. And in there is, is uh, a shop that's been enticing us for a long time. And it's called Item Drop. Um, now, really quick, really quick, I have to interrupt. Do you call a big yeah. soup store? Super store. Oh, super store. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Store. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not we're not queuing up for soup. A big soup store. <laughs> and I'm like, wow though. <laughs> it must be cold over there. Yeah, it is. Um yeah, so we we've uh, sort of like peered through the window, you know, had our face on the glass several times, looking at all the cool stuff in the shop. Um, and it, we normally get there quite early. Um, and this this shop on a Saturday doesn't open till like eleven a.m. So um, it took took us a while to um, 
rearranged the shopping so we eventually got into there um and yeah it's really cool so the front of the shop is is more dedicated to like board games and um the gaming cards and t-shirts and mugs and those other silly model things um and then right at the back of the shop uh that you can barely even see from sort of like from the window so you go in and then they've got a massive load of console stuff so they've got um mega drive snares game boy all the way up to all the latest stuff like switch ps5 um so yeah danica and i would just sort of like pouring through the shelves going look at this look at this look at this look at this <laughs> um, wow <laughs> so, there's um, nothing yeah. like that here nothing like that yeah um, so they and they even had some consoles there as well. So they had some uh, Mega Drives. They had a SNES. They had a Master System. I think um, up for sale. Stupid prices, you know, like eighty pound for a Master System. Nah. Um, but um, yeah, they they had some really good uh, PS2 games there as well. So I haven't haven't got a huge amount of stuff for the PS2. Um, and one of the games that I played on the xbox video not not too long back was um the simpsons road rage oh yeah yeah it's a great they game had that there for five for five pounds so i picked that Ooh, one up that's um, a good deal and uh one of the other things that we we're going to talk about in a bit is metopia they had that there but that was that was a fair bit more expensive than we wanted to pay at the time so uh we didn't pick that up there but yes i shall be going back to item drop so if you want to have a look they've got a website so you can find their website itemdrop.co.uk and they do sell online as well very cool so that's that one yeah i want to i'm gonna i'm gonna pick up if i don't already have one i might have to check my uh one of my mini boxes underneath other boxes uh for simpsons road rage because for whatever reason, though, that's an Xbox. You know, it's a, I know you got it on PS2, but that's an Xbox game to me. I don't know why. Mm. Yeah, no, sure. have it on, yeah. The, that's the, they have that one on GameCube too. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just remember on that's where I played systems. it. Yeah, I have a feeling yeah, that's where I custom, played it. Must have come out on Xbox for like a year first before it went to anything else or something. Because to me, that was always an Xbox game. I don't yeah, know. I, I think I it's, know. it's just it found a home on the Xbox, didn't it? But it got got released across onto the other platforms. But uh, yeah, because it, it's like when I looked at it on, like you say, on the Xbox, it's like 15, 20, 20 quid. Um, GameCube is like 25. Um, and PS2, because there's a ton of them about, um, it's five pounds. So it's like, yeah, that's a, no right. that's a great game for a fiver. So I'm in for that. Nice. who's next you again you are yeah okay all right um (laughs) so i've also been playing some mega drive games now this was inspired by eric's take okay (laughs) um i uh i delved because this is when i found the one of the games for um our up and coming battle um but during that i was playing nba live 95 Mm-hmm. Yes, and, uh, excellent. I had, a, had a few games on that, and uh, I played. Was it the Sacramento Suns? Is it Sacramento Ooh, Kings? Ouch! Kings. <laughs> the Phoenix, it's the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Sacramento Suns, Kings. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's awesome. Uh, NBA Live '95 is such a great game. But I, I can't imagine playing it on the Genesis controller with uh with three buttons. But it I guess wasn't too bad. That's why I played it. No. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm ham-fisted and useless at these sort of games anyway, but uh, yeah, it, it didn't seem too bad. 
Um, I, had, I had a few games on it, and sorry, Sacramento, Sacramento Kings. Lost, <laughs> in '95, you're playing Mitch Richmond, Spud Webb, Spud, Spud Webb, was, uh, yeah, Dwayne, Spud uh, yeah, yeah, Dwayne, what Dwayne was Coswell, Dwayne Coswell, yeah. Wayman Tisdale. Wayman Tisdale's in there. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, uh, so L Train, Lionel Simmons, Lionel Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, I love it. I love NBA Live '95. It'll always be my favorite one. So I'm glad you played some of that. I mean, even if you just played a little bit, of, the thing about it is, it's so playable. It's a it's a nice little playable basketball game. But absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, for for me, I, I obviously I don't really play basketball a huge amount myself. Um, uh, games that is, I quite I quite like basketball. You know, playing it, um, shooting some hoops. Um, yeah, but. Um, yeah, I don't play many basketball games, but yeah, that that one definitely. It's even like you say, even on the Mega Drive pad, it's relatively good controlling. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that. So Eric, what have you got yeah. next besides falling down a set of stairs, which is what I just heard? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to grab something because this is kind of a funny story related to that. So Cody graciously gave me an SX64 and it it works but the internal CRT broke so i've been doing I, a lot of work on this SX64 i, I graciously gave you a chunk of uh, paperweight is what i gave you right <laughs> <laughs> i've spent a lot of money to start restoring this but i've always wanted one so i'm happy to do that so I bought all the pieces I needed to yank out the CRT, put in a little five inch LCD screen. Um, I had surprisingly, there's not a lot of good information out there on how to do this. Like, you know how you find a ton of tutorials on just about everything that's out there. Yeah. This, there is nothing. There's a bunch of videos showing people that have done it, but not how to do it. Yeah. And everything I look at, <laughs> yeah yeah are you putting so, that on the pixel guide and youtube channel come on eric i i i haven't taken any videos i just wanted to get into it but anyway <laughs> I, I, i'm part of the problem you're not part the of the problem <laughs> um but anyway um so i i downloaded the schematics for the sx64 and i'm lo lo looking at all the connectors and all the wiring and and I got it all figured out. And so like, like I, 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 you guys saw my video, right? Or are not, are on Twitter, my pictures of it's working. Like I, oh, yeah, I was able to gorgeous. I bought a 3d printed frame for the LCD. Um, I was able to put the circuit board onto the back of it using Sugru, which is my favorite multiple glue. Stuff. So popped it right on the back of that and, and and it held it right into place with these little like it turns into pretty much rubber like little rubber feet um but it works perfectly i i put that in there i got the composite wiring correct um everything looks great the only thing i got left is some wiring to do with the audio because the the built-in speaker is this really tinny crappy little tiny speaker that's inside Authentic. and it never it didn't even work when i was testing it i had oh. i could go out the back of the sx64 using rca cables and get audio out of it so it works but um it i, I gotta figure out i want to get speakers inside of it so i don't have to plug speakers into it when i use it because it's a portable machine so yeah i still yeah. got to figure that out and i'm working on it i don't think that's going to be that hard but one thing I did get is remember I was telling you, uh, Cody, that you know it was missing the side rails, and I thought, yeah, maybe you had them, maybe you had removed them during testing, but you said nope, it just didn't have them. Correct. 
So I got these 3D printed ones. Nice. Ooh. Like I was able, there's a guy that actually designs and pretty 3D printed them. And, and this is funny and tragic at the same time, but I, um, I was trying to test it out. And so I was tapping this one in and it, and it broke. Oh. <laughs> Two group. Exactly. Well, I figure that once I slide it into the side rail, I'll yeah, be able to be just, too bad. Yeah. I just think it's just going to fit right in there. I can use super glue if I need to, but I, I figured these 3d printed, I mean, you can see it's kind of flexible, yeah. but as I was like trying to bang, bang it in there, I was literally like tapping it in. <laughs> it, it snapped. So anyway, so will you bang in or tap in? There's a, there's a I big, was, there's a world of difference there. It really is. It really is. <laughs> I think, I think it was more, I think I tapped it first and then I banged it at the end. So. <laughs> Um, so anyway, that one broke, but I'll be able to fix that. But anyway, these are nice spiffy looking side rails. So I'm trying to go all out to make this thing look like it's brand new. I mean, I'm, I am going to try to clean it up and make it look really great. So anyway, cool. so that's my update. I'm hoping that next month I'll have more news on that and maybe even show some pictures on Twitter or something, maybe even make a video, a video. eventually. <laughs> but what'd you say? Video. <clears throat> Yeah, I know. I need to get in the video world. I, I got to get my daughter to help me. She's been taking video classes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tap into that knowledge. There yeah. you go. They're talking of um, Commodore 64. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, I've been playing, and well, a new to me shoot shoot 'em up um, on the C64 called Space Firehawk by Carsten yes. Senkel. I think that's correct. I oh yeah, good old Carsten. Yeah, good old Carsten. <laughs> um, it's an inspired shooter for the C64 with elements and cues from many shooters across other platforms. So when I say that, um, I don't know if you got, I dropped it into our um, Dropbox. So I don't know if you guys have had a chance to have a go on it or not. Not um, yet. This I'm looks familiar. I want to say I've played this in the past. This is, yeah, it, this well, is a new game, though. It's on itch.io. Well, it's new-ish. It's about okay. six months old, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's not a classic well, it's, 80s. It's, it's 2020 on there, so it's obviously going to be at least 10 months old. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, this this is a great one. Um, it's it's a, a vertical shooter. Um, you start off very simply um, where you kind of like got to shoot the uh, uh, comets or boulders or whatever you want to meet meteors coming towards you. Um, so you can see kind of like an element of Astro Smash in it um, to start off with. Uh, and then as you go through, then you get uh, waves of enemies come in. Um, you get individual sort of like, um, uh, I don't know, sp other enemy ships coming in. Um, you've got like here, which is uh, as you start going through it, you've got like an asteroid one where the asteroids come in and start speeding up and uh, running through. Um, and one of the one of the dynamics in the game is that you've got um, you get so far through each level and then you get a uh, um, little like base ship comes in. You land on the base ship and then you can choose um, a power up. So you can, uh, so you start off with just sort of like one shot to start off with, which is like, you know, kind of frustrating. Uh, so you can, um, have extra shots. You can speed up your ship. Uh, so you've got a shield, so you don't die on a single hit. Um, so you can increase your shield levels. Um, 
and it just it just plays really really nice so you can see some of the inspiration there so like i say you've kind of like got the asteroids so you've got the asteroids um influence uh the astro smash influence there you get like um the little phoenix birds yeah phoenix kind of... is what rings to mind for me yeah yeah um and yeah, it's it's just a really good shooter. It's nice, well presented. Um, you know, sound effects are good in here. There's there there isn't a huge amount of um, you know like use of the there isn't a really banging Sid tune in it or anything like that. But you know that doesn't take anything away from the game at all. Um, yeah, I would really recommend this. Um, yeah. So you can go on to um, onto his itch.io page which is senkill64.itch.io forward slash space firehawk and grab that i would recommend it um and i think it's i think it's free or is it a donation i'm not really entirely sure but anyway even even if it is free you can do it throw a donation through as well um so yeah i'd recommend that one on the 64 i'm trying to figure out how to get it out of the full screen video And uh, yeah, it took me a while to get to grips with that shooter. So what about you, Eric? What have you got coming up? Oh, oh. let me see. I know the notes. Where are the notes here? I don't have the notes up. You know what? I think I think that even though I'm sure that was a great segue and I'm struggling to get my video off so we can watch something else. Get out of here. (laughs) I'm serious. I can't um, figure it out. There we go. Grip for your um, RG351M. I did, but I, I know Cody has something, a Switch Ori D-pad controller and dock. I, I want to kind of hear about that because I, I know he's been struggling with getting a D-pad on the Switch here. So I got one. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that the news? <laughs> yeah, so in the last, uh, you know, two episodes ago, I guess, at this point, 67, I had ordered this, but I've got a. Um, I don't have it in front of me here because I have nothing in front of me anymore. Um, <laughs> I'll stop doing the "woe is me, I'm I'm moving" thing. But I've got the little Pokemon Ori. Um, uh, what do you call it? Joy. What do you call that for the Switch? The like it's a controller, right? Yeah. What like do you call the it? Pro controller? Joy. What do they call it? The Joy-Con. Joy-Con. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, which has the D-pad on it, and it is solid, and it has made me want to play more and more um, different types of games that have like 2D gameplay or something where where the D-pad just you, you need the D-pad. Um, I haven't played a ton of like the Nintendo Online or the Super Nintendo Online because with the analog stick they just don't play well. Um, so I got now that I have this little uh, Ori Joy-Con, it's just the left one. Um, not the right one because the right one's fine. Uh, it fixed the issues I was worried about, which is one, not having a good D-pad, which it's a great D-pad. And two, my original Nintendo, uh, Joy-Con had some analog stick drift, which was killing games for me as well. And I have a new analog stick in there that works. So for 20 bucks, I'm happy. That's all I like. One that you can't, um, undock from the switch. I mean, yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean, physically you can, but yeah, it it has to be connected to work. It yeah. it, it doesn't. It it's is not, not wireless. Like the, not like the usual Joy Cons, which you can take off the side and still use. Correct, correct. So that is that is a thing. Yep. Um, you're so, right. We kind of skipped that one, but but I think now we're at my new grips for the RG three fifty one M. 
After that, though, so, let, let's not, let's knock that out. But I think uh, we need to. We I think Tim has something he has to open here soon as well. So, yes. I don't want I don't want to forget about that. No, we're going to definitely touch on that. So this one, as everyone knows by now, I mean, I did a big segment on the RG three fifty one M, this handheld gaming machine. Your but dicks. I was I was in a conversation with um, the Amber Dick. Yes, exactly. The Amber Dick. I was in a conversation online and uh, my friend, Chris Osborne, who goes by Fostex online, he was like, well, this thing's just too small for my hands. And I mean, I can see his point, but you know, I, I think it's fine, but he does, he found this uh, 3d print online. And so he printed this 3d grip for me where when you put this thing in there and it fits perfectly, cause there's these little felt things in the between it, makes it into like this handheld thing where you can, I mean, it's yeah, very, so it, it makes it, it makes it like a controller rather than yeah, the actual device itself. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's very beefy. I mean, this one is, is pretty awesome and it's got a lot of well thought out things in it, like holes for the speakers. Um, it's got on the inside of it, it has these little slots for additional SD cards. So you can put like when you'd have different operating systems on there, uh-huh. um, I mean, it is really a neat little system. Um, it's just so happens someone else sent me this little one. So, Ooh. like, you can pop this in here, and uh, and it makes it a little tiny. Yeah. Like, it's not quite as beefy. Cool. So, I mean, yeah. it almost this one almost makes my hands cramp a little more, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but this bigger one, like, I mean, it, it does make a big difference when you have longer playing sessions. Yeah, that's I like mean, because you can see Xbox first controllers, yeah. isn't it? The Duke. <laughs> yeah, Duke. so you can see like that this one. So th- there's a bunch of different options out there. I think there's three different designs for 3D printed, um, 3D printed grips for this particular model. So, so are those I, I just thought it. Are those available? What is it on the Thingverse or something like that? Is it where you get all the 3D print stuff from? You can do that and print it yourself from them. The designs are up there and you can print them. Or if you go on Etsy, there's a bunch of people that have already printed out a bunch of them and you can just order them. And they're usually cheaper on Etsy because somebody has printed them at home on their 3D printer and they're a lot cheaper. I mean, I know this smaller one only goes for about 14 bucks. Um, This big one, I think if you had it printed or if you find online, it's probably about 22 bucks. Right. But it it makes a big difference. It makes it a lot more comfortable to play. I was surprised because I was like, well, I don't think I really need that. But then Chris sent it to me. And once I used it, it's a big difference. So, I mean, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Exactly. So, anyway, that is my grips for the RG351M story. So, Cody, tell me what's going on here. Well, I don't have a lot of news, guys. So there's been two games I've really played since we last talked. Uh, okay. First first one everyone here already knows. I've been playing more and more Dicey Dungeons. I'm going to beat this game. I just I, I love it. It's it's great. Although the, the one bummer about it, it. What's that? Still haven't beaten it. That's got to be a record uh, for you, Cody, is it? I have not yeah. beaten I have not beaten it. It is but, not easy. I know it is you've not been busy. Easy game. Um, so... It, for those who haven't heard the me talk about this yet, but it's this game on the uh, well on multiple systems. But I've been playing it on the Switch, and it's um it's this cool like dueling game where you are can be different characters. 
and you roll these dice and then you have different abilities. You apply the dice to those abilities and you're basically attacking the other player kind of like almost like a Pokemon battle, if you will. Um, I love it. But what I have noticed is that there are certain characters that you play that kind of change the rules. Um, I like most of them. I I hit one now. I just, I'm like, I'm just grinding through it because I just don't like the the rule. It changes the game so much. It feels like a whole different game. <laughs> but um, anyways, so that's why I'm still playing more Dicey Dungeons, but I'm determined to get through that. That's my, that's my at-night game, play it in bed before I go to sleep game. Then I found a game that I picked up and couldn't put down until I beat it. And that is a game called Sunder. This came out, I think, in 2017. Here it is. I don't know if you guys have seen this logo here. Um, no. Let's see what it says. I yeah, haven't 20, even heard of this. 20, 2017. Uh, yeah. Genre. Metroidvania roguelite action adventure game. Um, so, I mean, I, I read the reviews on this, and I guess it just hits my sweet spot. I think it gets like an 80% if you add it all together. But it, it's a Metroidvania or a Metroid-like game. Gorgeous graphics. I probably like it because some of the themes in the game are Cthulhu-esque or Lovecraftian. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find some video for you, though. Uh, but it's just pretty, and it is it just begs you to keep playing. You know, it's one of those things where you go out and get a bunch of experience points, and if you die, you go back to this hub in the center, but you keep all those experience points and trade them in for more abilities or health or attacks or more attack power and you just kind of keep building up and building up and um, opening up more parts of the map and then gain abilities that allow you to go to other parts of the map. Um, kind of the big catch in the game is when you get new abilities, you can either keep them as they are, or you can basically uh, uh, go to these areas that I, I, mean, I can't remember exactly what they call them, but where you basically take the, um, the ability you just got and you can, um, uh, I can't think of the word right now, where you basically uh, trade in kind of, uh, you sacrifice part of what you are in order to get to like power up that ability and you kind of become darker and more evil. Um, uh, corrupt. You corrupt the ability. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, so I just decided I never do this. I, this game, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to corrupt everything. I'm going to go pure evil just to, just to do it. <laughs> I really I like have a hard time ethically being like nope I'm going to be the evil guy no I always I'm like nope I have to make the good choice good decisions all the time so um, gorgeous game a lot of fun I think I'm like 30 hours in uh, before finishing the game up here and um, wow I mean I highly recommend it it looks awesome I mean the graphics look amazing and the gameplay looks really cool too it's it pretty looks cool literally like a playable cartoon doesn't it yeah right yeah. it's all hand drawn. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, so really nice. I got stuck into that and, and pretty much played it three or four hours a night until we moved. And um, I'm, I've just been trying to, you know, tick away the last little bits of the game here. So, And you have that on Switch? Yep. Yep. It was on sale cool. for, you know, eight bucks or something. Cool. Yep. I like it. Looks good. That's it. Danica, where are you at? Hello. There she is. <laughs> Hello, Cody. Hello, Eric. I've been playing Metopia. <laughs> Metopia, you don't say. <laughs> yeah. Um, Danica's been saving for a while um, for a new game, and uh, she eventually um, 
landed on Metopia. I don't know whether you guys have seen this or not. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's it's actually really really cool little game. Um, it's a uh, it's sort of like a, a JRPG, I guess, for kids. Um, it's you, the the premise is is that um, you your main character sort of like falls in into the world, um, and you've got to recover the faces. <laughs> of all the of all the me characters in the land hmm. um, and you do this by um a series of battles um so you've got like a you build up a a team of uh four characters in the game um they obviously all have their usual ro- uh, usual rules so there's like a uh, a thief uh, a magician um a, a sort of like a beefier character and then sort of like your main character um I've just sort of like picked bits and pieces up as I've, I've sat there and watched her play a few times. Um, but it was actually surprisingly, it's actually a really good game. Um, I thought this was just like another sort of fad type of game, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, there's actually, there seems like there's actually a quite a good little RPG game there. Um, and you can you do some decent battling in it. Um, there's an auto battle option. Um, so if you want to, you can just let the other three characters run through auto and then you just choose what you do for your main character. Um, so you've got like the normal, um, sort of like your, your physical attacks, then you've got your magic, um, as you, uh, defeat the enemies, um, you get, uh, magic points, um, and hit points. So you level up your, level up your characters, um, and uh, uh what the as you go through each level you sort of like your respite through the through the stages is you go into an inn um and then you stay at the inn overnight and you can buddy up with your characters in the room um so you kind of like uh, get to know your character better um you can uh, you can do silly things like you know like go on holiday together or go to the cinema and um you know you you can increase your friendship status with the other character but that actually helps in battle because you get assists so when when you're doing a battle um one of the other characters will sort of like assist you and you'll get a harder hit on the enemy um from having the assist with one of your friends um but yeah it's it's a really really fun little game um there's a lot lots going on here and i'm not gonna um, lie i'm looking at the video of it here and it is just this disjointed graphical pastiche of like art styles that just don't mesh and I'm I'm glad it's a good game, but I would never think to pick this up just looking at it. It looks so <laughs> amateur. It's bizarre. It's it's bizarre. Yeah, but it's it's all based around the the Nintendo Wii characters. Um so um yeah, the the Mii's. So like when you made your um avatar on the uh, the Nintendo Wii, wasn't it? You had the the me characters. So it's all based around that that style of artwork, I guess. Um, well, but, not all of yeah, it. <laughs> Although well, I do I mean, like Parappa the Rappers in there. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess there's, you know, is is horses for courses, isn't it? It's probably not your not your thing, but um, yeah, I, I can see there's some enjoyment there for people in it. Um, and yeah. Danica seems to like it. So yeah, parts of it reminded me of like uh, Super Mario RPG. Yeah, like I remember 
playing that and like the battle, especially the battles looked a lot like Super Mario RPG, which is a great game. So yeah, the gameplay yeah, looks fun. really cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. Okay. So Danica's, that's what Danica's been playing anyway. Nice. Eric's on the verge of beating a game again. I don't know what's going on yeah, this so, year. So, but... and I'll keep this really brief because I think I'll have more to say about it next, uh, next month. But I have been playing Super Mario Brothers 3 a lot. I've finally gotten to the last world. Um, you know, that's given me a little trouble, which as it should, since it's the last world, but, um, I think by the by next month I will have beaten this game and hopefully I can report that. But I have not beaten it yet. But I am close. That is that. Well done, sir. Thank and, you. and it's funny because you don't know this because you've never played through Mario three before, which just blows my mind. But most people will go and get the two whistles in the first couple of worlds and get to that last level in literally like twelve minutes. Yeah, it's like all these secrets and no, stuff. I but did you, not do that. You played through all eight worlds, which is something I haven't yep. done in years and years and years. So it actually sounds like a whole new game if you play it that way. So I'm going to have to come back yep. and actually play through. I loved it. Love up world four where everything gets huge. Yep. I played was, through all the levels. I, I didn't skip over anything. So cool. Like it'd be hard for me not to do the cheats that are built in. So yep. <laughs> cool. All right. So we're gonna let Tim open up open up some stuff and watch him. Is that is that this Sounds part here? To me. All right, do it. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 let him open up stuff. The only thing I had to say was I was talking to Aaron on Pixel Guide and Discord, and I grabbed a copy of that Demons of Astaborg, which is a Sega Genesis uh, Metroidvania platformer, and I haven't played it yet, so I don't have much to say about it. But it looks like it's a fun game, and it was recommended by Aaron, so I'm gonna give that a go and uh, yeah, that report awesome. to you guys how that how that runs. Yep. I remember seeing it. It looks, looks great. All right, Tim, let's open up some stuff. I've been itching to open this up. So this is the one that you guys have sent me. Yes. Um, so let's do I think that. I've got an idea of one of the things that was in there. <laughs> um, right. Well, so I'll just, I'll be off mic for a second while I, I get in, break into the box. Go okay. for it. Yeah. I know one of the items uh, that's in there, uh, you were aware of like five, four or five months ago at this point. It just took this long for me to get it into a box to Eric to get to you. Yeah. And then it took me a while to find a, a carrier that actually will ship at a reasonable price to get there. It's amazing. What, I wouldn't say reasonable. Uh, no, but shipping <laughs> is, is ridiculous it's right atrocious. now. So it is not fun. It is not funny. I think we, we got to, we should have gone with, digital only uh gifts for the next exactly. year or two. That's the way the future is gonna have to be probably. The future was digital gifts. <laughs> I would announce what's going on, but the viewers can hear every little piece of it right now. Exactly. Alright, it's open. <laughs> so look at that. Look at look at what's right there. What's the big thing in there? <laughs> right on top. Yeah, there we go. So that's got, not the surprise I was telling you about, but that's that's hopefully going to be enjoyed. That is amazing. <laughs> so Danica absolutely loves these. So this is um, the Goldfish Baked Snack Cracker. 
and they have a blasted <laughs> extra cheddar and this is a a super big box of these <laughs> flavor blast got the biggest box i could it only cost yeah. me 80 bucks to ship that over there <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy that was like 40 bucks of it exactly not ice blast that flavor last, uh, hopefully that'll last a week or so the blasted flavor extra cheddar that's amazing thank you guys danica's yeah. gonna love that oh oh dear <laughs> oh, you opened it, <laughs> Did you cut the box with the razor? <laughs> Gonna have to put a d- piece of duct tape over that. Okay, so what have we got here? We've got something in some bubble. Be wrap. careful, Tim. Be careful cutting that open. That's okay. what I was worried about you opening. Yeah. Don't cut the box open on that one. So Tim is cutting towards himself in a very unsafe Care, manner. Yes. <laughs> Don't try this at home, kids. <laughs> Trained professional. Ooh, what's this now? I don't know. We can't see it, so <gasps> we are off camera. No way. As they say in the business. Nice. I threw, I threw in a nice little Neo Geo pocket color. Thank you very much. That is awesome. <laughs> that's that's one I got straight from Japan. Like I ordered that one from Japan when I wanted a second one. And I realized I don't need a second one. It was just been sitting on my shelf doing nothing. I was like, I know Tim doesn't have one, right? Dude, that is amazing. Nice. Thank you. And it's even yep. got metal slug with it. First yep. mission. I, th- Ooh, I figured you didn't want to, you'd want a cartridge with it. So I threw in metal slug. That's a good nice. one. That's a good first cartridge. I love the, I like the metal slug on Neo Geo Pocket more than I like the arcade. I'll be honest. Yeah. Something, there's something really enjoyable about that. So I, I used to stock these back in my shop some some years ago. Um and uh, yeah, they didn't they didn't really sell very well and I had like two or three of them in stock um with a with a pile of games and uh oh hang on a minute, this has got to go back for a refund. They've misspelled colour on the top. Oh, they that'll did. happen. <laughs> Um, yeah, and they they never ne- never really sold. Um, I can't remember what I did with them. Probably just reduced the price right down, which is criminal nowadays because these things are yeah quite valuable, aren't they? So clicky joystick yeah. and more and more. Thank you very much. That is awesome. yeah, you bet. Brilliant. Nice. And, uh, next we have. Hopefully you didn't cut Ooh. that with the. Uh... <laughs> you didn't didn't cut this one. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't cut it with the box cutter. So this is a uh, uh, the team that, of, um, as we call it over here, American football or football team, um, San Francisco 49ers. It is a baseball cap or a starter cap or whatever you want to call them. Um, Yay! <laughs> or football cap. Um, so, yeah, that is really cool. Thank you very much. That's yep. awesome. Love that. Nice. And what have we got next? So we've got... Now this is actually smaller than I thought it was going to be. Um, That's so the, we have the got voice. a TI ninety nine speech synthesizer add-on. Yep, that's the guy. And it's uh, tested. I pop, I popped it in, hooked mine up, popped it in, tested it out. So it should work. Yeah, there's nothing that goes in there really. <laughs> that's just for like storage of nothing. It, they all have that. Yeah. It's bizarre. I wonder, can I fit a pen in there? No, can't fit a pen in there. It's no good for pen storage. So for the <laughs> listeners, the top of that voice module lifts up in like a clamshell to expose like literally nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like it's the not... Pac-Man version, isn't it? Waka, waka, waka. 
Brilliant. Did we do the mod on that one, or is that one still have to be uh, have the power that one pass would, through? You would have to mod it. I didn't mod it. I just left it as it is. All right, that's a very simple uh, mod, Tim. One one wire, one bodge wire to pass the uh, five volt rail through, I believe. Right. So. Okay. So this one is something that Cody had me- meant to send a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> a wee bit ago. Finally got here. So I have a Texas Instruments calculator, and that's the TI eighty three plus. And that doesn't do you a whole lot of good without the very cool cable, which is uh, right behind you down there somewhere. Should be in that envelope. So if you look at that yellow envelope there, New that old should stock. be the cable. There we yep. go. As we call them, the jiffy bag. Jiffy bag. There you go. <laughs> Let's have a look in this one then. Aha, yes. So we've got a, a cable in here. And the cable is worth more than the calculator. Those things, that's <laughs> the most bizarre thing. That's it. <laughs> yep. So it goes from USB to what's that? Uh, what we call a 2.5 mil jack, I guess. Um, yeah. So that I guess that plugs into the calculator and then that allows you to load the uh, the software onto it. Is that right? Yep. And you can still go to yep. texasinstruments.com or whatever the website is and download the software that'll help you... Uh, load files onto that bad boy okay so we're going to do a battle with this are we soon <laughs> we might have to do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant thank you very much look forward to that and we've got finally we've got some um atari 800 xl or atari 800 cartridges so these so who are these from those, those are Cody. Uh, those are doubles I had. So I, I told you a long time ago I'd send you my doubles, and I forgot for like three packages. So, uh, right there yes. we go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we've got asteroids, uh, Donkey Kong, Missile Command, and the awesome Joust. Yep. And uh, yeah, basic. <laughs> and basic, you gotta have your basic. But yeah, gotta have basic. But yeah, that, thank you very much. That Joust game is addictive, man. That, I don't know what it is yeah, about Joust, that particular Joust is one. Awesome, isn't it? <laughs> and they uh, recently did a, a remake for the sixty-four, didn't they? Or, or did they release the the? Was it an official one that never actually got released back in the day? I, can't I think that's. It. I think that's right. I think it was the official yeah. one. Yeah, it came out a little while ago. Oh, mustn't lose the instructions for the uh, Texas Instrument Calculator. <laughs> That is brilliant. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You've got like a week worth of goodies to play with now. That is amazing. So cool. Um, I've actually got something else um, yeah. that uh, I received through literally yesterday. Um, and uh, it's, uh, I must call these details up. Give me two seconds. One, um, zero, done. Got to get this screen off. Hang on a sec. Very cool. So, Eric, let's let's call Twitter up. Do you feel that was like eighty dollars well spent? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, well, I had to get it over there, so it had to. Happen. I just it had to happen. I just I shopped around three different places for prices too. That was the the least expensive. I'm just happy it got there. To be honest, moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's getting crazy. I think we just need to hold off until the shipping thing ends. 
we had a, well, I know it doesn't mean anything again to England, which is way higher, but finally saw five bucks a gallon gas today. Hit that oh, magic wow. point. Yeah. 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 It's crazy over here as well at the moment. I think it's gone up to some places. It's where well, if you can get, get petrol or gas, we've had a massive shortage over here recently. Um, and it's gone up to some places like one pound 51 a litre. So I don't know how many there is, how many gallons. I think it's about 4.5 litres to one of your gallons, I think, or something like that. So, yeah, it's just, just crazy. Yeah. Over here. You guys have always been higher, too, on the gas, too. Yeah. But, man. Anyway, so um, one, of my, one of my friends on Twitter, Terry, um, and he goes by at Speedstar underscore 76, um, he's, we've sort of like been speaking on and off for a, a few years and a, a, a while back he bought off me a Commodore 1541, uh, C disc drive. And, uh, I don't really sort of like resell a lot of my stuff out of my collection very much. Um, but, um, he wanted, wanted a 1541 drive and he was obviously going through eBay and struggling, trying to find bits and pieces that, you know, could potentially work so i said to him well look i've got a load of drives in my collection i've got these ones um if you're after one then i'll sell it on to you as long as you know you're not going to then gouge it out and resell it on yeah uh, which he which he obviously he didn't do um and then some years later um a little little while back he said to me um you know think things are a bit tough at the moment and i'm gonna have to look at selling um, my Commodore collection stuff. Um, and I said, well, if you, if you want, I'll buy back that drive from you. Um, and he said, yep, that's fine. Um, would you be interested in the whole lot? So I said, yes, I probably would. Be oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we, we agreed a price and, uh, this is, this is the other thing with the, with the petrol shortage here at the moment. Um, we were going to, uh, they were going to be coming down from their sort of like London way and they were going to be coming across um, to visit relatives over in this neck of the woods where I live. So he was going to be bringing all that down. But because of the fuel shortage, he just couldn't get enough fuel to actually make that trip. Wow. So we've sorted it out that he um, between us, we've sort of like covered the postage and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it arrived yesterday. So should we have a quick unboxing and get this stuff out and see what we've got? Absolutely. Sure. So he's moving his goldfish off the floor. And he's got a large Hot Wheels box, which I've been staring at in the corner, wondering why he has a Mattel Hot Wheels box. Yeah. This side up, so well done. I do hope it was handled with care, as the sticker on the side says. Okay. For Gile. Can you see this all right, guys? Yep. Yeah. I know this is very visual for everyone at home, so I'll do my best and describe. So I know some of the stuff in here, but I don't know everything. Oh, it's all individually uh, chiffy bagged as well. So this is... <laughs> Just put that one aside because there's a lot of stuff in there. So first off, we have uh, a power supply. So that is... So that's a... A bit of a clue to what's coming up. So this is a Commodore uh, standard power supply. All right, all right. And uh, I'm guessing from the weight of that, that's another Commodore power supply in there. 
So it looks chunky. And then this is a big cue to what might be in here. So introduction to a, basic. Yeah, introduction to basic on the VIC-20. Oh, I see keys. So this one is very well wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a... Oh, Ooh. wow. That's a 64C. <laughs> C model, right? Yeah, 64C. And that's obviously a PAL one. Now, Cody, do you have a PAL C64? I don't think you do, do you? I do not have a PAL C64, nor do I have a 64C. Okay. Do you want that one? I will gladly pay you for that one. Okay. So that one is yours. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Awesome. I'll that, whole, that looks like in good shape too. Keep in mind, I need to give you a whole new address. Bad, that one. Yeah. So that <laughs> one is yours. Nice. We have another. Just be careful with this one. I'm trying to be as quick as I can. So this is another computer wrapped up in bubble wrap. I'm finally going to be able to play Sam's Journey. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's true. It's true. <laughs> this has got a convenient sticker on it, so it's a VIC-20. <laughs> what does the sticker says, say? I can't read it. I work. I work. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So nice one, Terry. Well done on that one. So that goes with my many VIC-20s that I've already got. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I'll speed this one up. So there's a there's in this package here, uh, that's another VIC-20, but that one doesn't work. So. Okay. okay. I was going to say, the that's one that said I work up. usually means there's a, a follow-up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can see on that one, it's 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 a little bit more yellow to that one. Very yellow, yeah. Uh, but that's that, that's good. That'll go as a, a fixer-upper. This is the original beast which is turning returning home so this i'm, I'm imagining is the disk drive it's <laughs> so funny to me that's sold on and sold back so there we are yeah so it's got the gray the gray 1541 is that what kind of makes it less common yeah, it's so it's it's a color match to the uh, to the fifteen forty one C and the Commodore one twenty eight and all that sort of stuff. So huh. it's it's not like the um, the original fifteen forty one. I'm gonna just I'm gonna grab beige. one I have and maybe you guys can help me identify it here. Yeah. So that's good. Um, ah, now. <laughs> One of, one of the things that he said is that he's thrown in a couple of surprises. Now, this is something that I definitely wasn't expecting and is, is really cool. Um, I don't know whether you guys have seen these or not. What? Oh, yeah, that's no, the Engage. Or Engage, <laughs> that's right. Engage. That's, that's the one you hold your ear like a taco when you actually want to talk on the phone, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I believe Sonic actually came out for this, didn't they? I think they released a version of Sonic on the N-Gage. 
Um, so I'm going to have to try and figure that one out. Uh, that is really cool. Thank you very much, Terry. That's brilliant. Um, there's a few other little bits and pieces. There's a tape recorder in there, but I've got this box of stuff, this bag of stuff. Um, so there's the, that's a uh, Vic 20 RF cables and all that sort of stuff, stuff that I don't really need. Um, so he's also thrown in some disc games. Cool. So there's Starcross by Infocom. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, in the, the UK style um, packaging is Witness by Infocom. So is that the little flip, flip open one then? or? Yeah. So you flip it open and then you've got yep. cool. the manual and all that sort of stuff in there. Um, oh yeah uh oh it's a cytronic game so we've got uh oh cool days of the mummy yeah i've played a lot of that one actually okay cool well i'll include that one with the 64 for you then yeah <laughs> charge me accru- accordingly <laughs> and eric i know you like this hey one. there you go eric yeah it's a new one planet golf yeah, that's awesome. So do you want that one? I'm, I'm more than happy to pass that one on to you if you want that one. Sure. I don't have a physical copy of it. That'd be great. It's done. Um, and then there's some various other bits and pieces, connectors. Um, he also had um, uh, there's an SD to IEC in there. And I think, yeah, there's a fast uh, a future was eight bit fast load cartridge and a fifteen forty one diagnostic cartridge. So, yeah, that's um, that's the entirety of uh, of the stuff there. You're buying so used again, future was eight bit stuff back now, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> come, All that stuff is old to enough to, to to come back now. <laughs> so is this? So, is, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Terry. That's awesome. Is this that awesome. same type of drive right here? It is. That's yep, exactly that is. the same one. Yes. Yep. I mean, those are just thing... the newer, the newer models of the fifteen forty one. I mean, it's just a sticker. Is the only change, right? Because it looks identical. No, it's the color. The color's different. Just the color of the of this thing, right? The color no, of the, the whole color case, of the case and too. Everything. Really? Yeah. My whole yeah, case they're, they're is darker, yellow darker to the point beige. where it looks more yellow and beige than the other ones. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't think I have one. I, I keep mine in the garage, but I, I don't have one in here. But yeah, they're darker. Now, I don't know if you can tell mine, whatever this button in here, the reset button or whatever this is. Yeah. It's, it's popped out. It's got a lot of play. So I, I'm sure this thing doesn't work, but I just had one with kind of a different logo on it. So I've always wondered about that. All right, gentlemen. Well, I think it is about time for us to have what we call a battle. <laughs> all right gentlemen so i will be honest this battle i played about 20 minutes of each game so i'm going to lean heavily on you but tim i think you eric, you and eric together kind of decided on this one but maybe you can start us off because i think uh you sparked the interest for this particular battle 
Yeah. So um, the first one I chose, um, well, the first one I chose was um, kind of alluded to it a bit earlier, um, was um, Twinkle Tail on the Mega Drive. Um, and the other game that we kind of like come to a consensus on, which kind of map mapped and uh, translated well with this game is uh, Pop and Twinby on the Super Nintendo. Um, so let's start off with uh, Twinkle Tail on the Mega Drive. Um, I've got some uh, basic stats on this one. Uh, so Twinkle Tail is a, a single player top down um, shooter. It's a run and gun. Uh, it's created by Zap Corporation and published by Wonder Amusement Studio. Um, this was released only for the Japanese Mega Drive market in July 1992. Uh, you control um, a wizard going through nine different stages of blast in action through the land of Ethereum. Uh, the objective is to rescue the great wizards of the land and recover the powerful gemstones. Um, this is an eight-way scroller. Um, has very impressive sound and graphics. Um, when you start off in the game, um, it takes a little bit of getting used to because obviously everything is all in Japanese and you've got to Google really to try and find what the backstory of the game is about. Um, as you go through the game, um, you've got the usual sort of mechanic where you can level up your shock power by shooting chests um, that re uh, reveal sort of power-ups for you. Um, you've got three main shock powers. Um, and then you've also can collect magic scrolls uh, and these you can carry three of the different types of uh, magic scrolls and they act as like smart bombs to take out all the all the different enemies on the screen at the same time. Um, this game uh, was reviewed in the British um, magazine so like megatech and me machine sega um, megatech gave this uh 88 overall saying it's one of the more original and entertaining shooters on the mega drive and if you see a copy grab it um if you did grab a copy of it back in the day um and you kept hold of it uh you're very very lucky now because you'd be quids in because uh, this thing sells for crazy money, uh, where it's at least it's listed on eBay for crazy money. Um, <laughs> you can get the the loose carts going for around about two hundred and fifty pounds, um, and then going up for a full box copy uh, anywhere between five hundred and six hundred pounds. Crazy money, crazy yep. money. And it should be noted that this is. Um... It, it, think of a multi-directional commando kind of game. You're on foot, you're walking around, you're grabbing power-ups, uh, your power-ups, you know, will fire. You can keep powering up your, your, uh, your different shots that you can take, but every time you get hit, it lowers those shots. So I, I thought that was a really neat mechanic in this game. Yeah. When, um, I, when I first saw this, I thought chaos engine. Yeah, exactly. I think it's got a lot in common with chaos engine. Definitely. I think the the different type of weapons are very unique. Um, I I I love this game, and uh, like I said, I beat it twice. Um, now I did use save states at the end of every level, so because the game does get very very difficult. Yeah. Um, but I did end up beating it, and then I went back and was playing it on on the, a handheld device, and actually just decided to try it again and beat it again. So. 
I love this game. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I, I got through the first three or four stages, I think it was. Um, but um, yeah, I, I was playing it on and off in, in between bits and pieces. And you weren't uh, a cheater? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. No, <laughs> no, I, I played it on the real thing with, with my Evercade. Uh, with, not Evercade, Everdrive even. With no save states? No, no save states. <laughs> I used save states up the wazoo. Up the wazoo. Um, one thing I, that I can understand that. One thing I will say is that you do want to try to save up those power up scrolls for bosses. They make them, yeah. they make them pretty much short work. I know that's a pretty basic strategy for any of these kind of games, but you, you, here it's the key. It's key. You 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 will, you will have a hard time killing bosses without the power ups. It's possible. Um, I, I did it quite a few times actually, but you can make short order them if you stack up your. Um, smart bomb power-ups, I guess you say. Um, but I, I love this game. I thought I was it was very enjoyable. I'd never heard of it. So thanks for suggesting it, Tim. I thought I think it's great. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take the credit, but to be perfectly honest with you, it was a complete random selection. I was, like I said earlier, I was just going through a bunch of Mega Drive stuff, and I'm like, well, how about Twinkle Tail? And then I looked at it and thought, yeah, actually, how about Twinkle Tail? This looks really good. <laughs> One thing I wanted to mention, one last thing I wanted to mention was there is, this game is in Japanese. Um, there are English translated ROMs out there, though. They are fan created, though. They're not official. Um, if you go and get those, one thing, and I made this mistake. So I go and I find one and I play it and it's still in Japanese. And I'm like, well, this is no good. I don't know how you switch it to English. You have to set whatever device you're using this to play it on it auto detects whether it's a Japanese version or a yep. European version. If it's European, it will translate it to English automatically. Yeah. So, um, so once I did that, it was in English and that was one of the impetus for me to play it a second time was that the first time I beat it, it was all in Japanese. And then the second time I actually got through the whole story because there are cutscenes with the storyline in it. Um, and I was able to finally read it. So, so yeah. I, I played a total of 20 minutes of this game um, again, all my stuff is in boxes, so I had to download the emulators and haven't used emulators in forever. Um, plug a USB gamepad into my laptop and I played it on a laptop via emulation. Um, so it's weird though, cause there's one thing I think we didn't talk about and that is, so like you said, you, you say it's a top down kind of eight way shooter, kind of like a commando or something like that, which is a pretty good uh, idea of what it is but a lot cuter. So it makes you feel like it, uh, to me, it felt like it was supposed to be a shmup and it wasn't, which was hard for me to get over just because of my own personal bias. Um, but when you get to the bosses, it is a straight up shmup at that point, because when you get to a boss, your character always faces forward and the boss always faces downward and you're not, yep. it's not, it's not eight way anymore. It's, it's single way. So to me, it's almost like a, yeah, a, top-down action shooter, eight-way, and then shmup bosses. <laughs> um, I agree with everything else you guys said. The gameplay is is pretty cool. Uh, graphics are great. Um, I didn't get enough time to really fall in love with it. I felt like there was... Um, I felt like it was harder than, than you seemed to think it was, but um, maybe that's just because I hadn't figured things out. There's this one shot. There's, so there's three shots. You have these stars... These like little laser things, and then these um, home homing uh, balls of energy that home in on things. 
And I don't know about you guys, I use that homing energy for everything. Um, but one thing I thought was interesting is there's these statues along the corridors. And if you shoot the statues, they break. And sometimes there'll be hidden items in there. But if you're using the homing weapon, it you don't even have to worry about it. The homing weapon will home in on those items and break just those statues. So you don't even have to worry about trying to find the secret statues. Um, they're just kind of found for you. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a unique, um, I don't know if that was an error or, or design, but it's a feature. It's a feature. Exactly. But, um, I also want to say, I guess it's partly my fault for trying to pick the second game because when I heard twinkle, uh, I still can't even say it. Twinkle tail. I know there's a game and I think it might be related called twinkle star sprites. That was a straight up cute em up shmup. Um, I think I remember that one. I remember something about it. And I think it's related, and I think it came after this. Um, So when you said Twinkle Tail, I'm like, great, let's put another cute-em-up shmup in there, and we'll call it a battle. So these games really aren't that related, except that they're kind of both cute. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Cute shooters. But this one's not really a shoot. I guess the boss battles are shooters. Anyways... I liked what I played. I really need to dig more into it. Um, I did not. This is the boss I died on right here, which is apparently 11 and a half minutes into the game. This big night boss. Um, but I noticed the bosses are very pattern based, which I like because you kind of learn the pattern. You die a few times and then you can start beating it from then on out. So right. it kind of rewards playing the game multiple times and learning from it. Yes. <laughs> don't jump all in at once or anything so let's uh let's rate this bad boy what are we gonna rate this out of well they're both cute games so we have to go with um uh baby kittens puppy yeah puppy dogs and boxes or or uh yeah 200 <laughs> 254 baby puppies there we go 254 baby puppies um okay i'm going to give this uh 190 okay what are you gonna give it cody i i thought i think the this needs to be weighted um okay because i just did not play enough to get a true review but um i don't know if i can go quite with 190 i think i could get there if i if i could get into the game a little bit more um So I'll, I'll I'll say I'll say one seventy five at this point. Okay, I think one ninety sounds about right, but I think I'm going to do it a little higher because I really liked it. So I'm going to do like one ninety five. Not bad. One ninety five. Yep. Okay. All right. So the next thing in our line, as Cody had explained, I think he's the one who picked this. Poppin' Twin B. Poppin' Twin Twin B is a game by Konami. Uh, The publisher and developer is Konami. And uh, in Europe, the publisher was Palcom Software. It's on the Super Nintendo, at least the version we played. Uh, It was released in Japan on March 26, 1993. In Europe, November 93. In North America, February 19, 2020, because it was a Switch release. Um, This game, you can get an English translated version on Switch. Um, this is a one or two player game and two player is cooperative 
And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the two-player things. I'm pretty sure you guys probably did not play the two-player game, but it has a lot of very interesting two-player modes. Um, this is a top few shoot 'em up game. Um, it was originally released only in the PAL regions. Um, it is the sixth game in the Twin B series and a direct follow-up to the arcade game Datana Twin B, Bell and Whistles. Um, so let's start, just talk about this game just broadly. It is a basic shoot 'em up. Um, you have the ability to fire weapons like like a laser forward like like a normal shoot 'em up but it also you can hit ground targets kind of like Xevious, right yep yep um pineapples to start off with i love those walking pineapples yeah <laughs> um the way you get power ups in this game is um kind of a common theme in in the in the twin b games you hit clouds and the clouds eject bells hmm. and the bells you can juggle those by just shooting them and if you shoot them enough, they will change colors. And you, I never really memorized what colors do what power-ups, but you, I just would keep shooting them until they changed a bunch of colors, and then I'd grab them and hope hope for the best. Um, I don't know if you guys did something similar, but that's yeah, what I did. For the most part. Yeah, that's mean, what the, I've always the, done. <laughs> the, very, the very base level is if you, if you shoot them and they stay the same, same color as the original, you just get points. Yep. Um, and then I think you go through, if you shoot it, you get um, speed up. Uh, then you get uh, power up onto your weapon. Um, and uh, what was it? The other one is you, you've got some other collectibles. So you've got like the hearts, which give you more energy. Cause that's the yep. thing with this is that you don't really work off of lives. Do you, you work off of energy? There's an energy um, bar. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, as we're seeing on the screen here, this is the first bit where you see the, the uh, part of the, uh, the enemy dynamic is the, uh, the evil acorns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to defeat. I've always known <laughs> acorns to be evil and sizes, um, and some of the enemies on here look very, very strange, like the uh, the weird uh, banana shaped <laughs> enemy on the first level <laughs> is a bit disturbing. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's so it's it's like your normal sort of like um, shmup style yep. uh, horizontal, uh, sorry, vertical scrolling. Now this also has a smart bomb. Like, so you can hit a button and like a bunch of little dudes will fly out of you and fly around the screen and destroy That's whatever right. you see. Yeah. Another and cool what, thing. I, I think the, I think the final color bell. So if you yeah. shoot that bell f enough, the final color bell will actually add more power to your smart bomb. Okay. And then another thing that I didn't use a lot, but is there is you can punch in this game. I don't know if you knew that, but if you hold the smart button, the smart bomb button down, Yep. Uh, I think it's a smart bomb button. Or, yeah, I think so. Um, if you hold that down, he will punch, which is an interesting dynamic. The only time I ever used that was against bosses because um, it does pack a punch. So, I mean, you get a lot of uh, hey kind of offensive weaponry with the punch. Yeah. Um, other than that, I can't say there's a ton more to the mechanics of, of your button pushing and, and, and you know, getting around um there are two player modes i didn't get to play but i watched videos on and the interesting thing about two player games is you can actually grab your player which by the way they have names twin b is one of them do you know what the other twin one is b. 
Winby. Winby. Yep. Yep. Not popping. You can. Yep. Not popping. No. You can <laughs> grab Winby and swing Winby around and use Winby as an actual weapon, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty interesting. But you can play co-op two-player in this game, so it's that could be a lot of fun. Um, there are different. You can pick different difficulty levels in the beginning. You can um, actually pick how your ex- like your bonuses, like if they revolve around you or if they like their kind of pattern. Um, there's a lot of different variations of the gameplay that you can do on this. Um, but other than that, I mean, it is it is a shoot 'em up. I thought the bosses were very interesting. Um, I got to the third boss and then I I couldn't go past that. Um, so I did not well, beat this using game. Safe states. I was not using save states in this one, no. Yeah, I I, I played this a bit on my um, uh, Raspberry Pi 400, and I played this on the Switch as well because it's one of the games that's included on the yep. the standard Nintendo yep. uh, the Super Nintendo pack on there. Uh, so I played it a bit on there as well. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's really nice. Um, it's Lovely graphics, colorful game, cutesy style, um, standard fair shooter, shooter really. Um, yep, great music. The the music and and uh, sound effects are really great. Well, I have a lot yeah. to I have a lot to say about this game. So, this game is a game that I've started many, many, many times. <laughs> we'll put it that okay. way. I love shmups. I got really into shmups for a while, and I always thought of this game and said, "Oh, that's a great game." Uh, and I think every time I've ever loaded it up, I start playing it as colorful and exciting and the bells start flying. I start trying to collect bells and worried about the bells and I constantly run into bullets because I'm so worried about coloring, changing the color of the bells and collecting the bells. Um, I think if I was going to put this game in a nutshell, it is a game that, uh, which is very few and far between. I, there's so much cool, cutesy graphics and things going on and character and uh characters of the game and these weird right now we're looking at these crab creatures i think this is a game i prefer to watch somebody play than to actually play um it's it's beautiful and it's cool and it's creative and even though we keep saying it's kind of a standard shmup the fact that that bell mechanic is constant throughout the level is you're constantly trying to collect bells when enemies are actually shooting about you you kind of forget that you're being shot at um and then there's each character really does its own kind of attack and you kind of have to learn them all. It's actually kind of a, uh, a mind. Uh, it takes a lot of mental effort to play this game. Yeah, um, it does. Not to mention that you're doing the bells and you have the punch mechanic and you have uh, all these things which are simple by themselves, but you throw them all together in this one cutesy soup here. And it, it's just kind of... Um, it's a game that shouldn't be as hard as it is, but mentally I make it so hard on myself. <laughs> and so I don't think I've ever actually really enjoyed this game. Uh, I always told myself I did and um, it controls well and it plays well and it looks beautiful, but it's one. I, it's kind of one of these things to me that the sum of its parts is less than the sum of its parts. Does that make sense? <laughs> I think I think the uh, the the point that you pick up there is the bell mechanic is interesting 
but it's also annoying at the same time. Very distracting. Sometimes you just want to collect that bell and either get the points or get something, shoot them up, and you're just trying to avoid an enemy. And then whilst you're shooting the enemy, you hit the bell. The bell goes back up to the top of the screen. Then you're waiting for that to come yep. down again, and you're focusing on the bell, and then the the enemy comes in and hits you. And it's <laughs> yeah, the bell needs to just go away, or else I need to be able to control my own brain to like not worry about the bell. Yeah. which I can't do. Maybe you can't do that. You can't, it's, it's like, it's juggling, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Whilst you're playing a game. <laughs> this is a juggling simulator with a shmup background is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, and to make, to add insult to injury, on the Eric? first level, there's an enemy that ah. actually Well, has... I guess he doesn't have much more to say about this game. <laughs> I, I can, I can still hear Eric. Yeah, I'm oh, still on Zencaster. Wow. Look least, at that. So. We're doing this again. Well, here's anyway, what we're going to do, because we're not doing this all okay. night long. Technical okay. difficulties and pixel guide in the studios. Let's go ahead and give our rating out of 254 puppies for this game. And when Eric says his, Tim, maybe you can tell me what he says so I know. <laughs> okay, Eric, so you, you go ahead. Okay, I'm going to give this out of 254 puppies. I'm going to give this um, a 155. Okay, so Eric has gone with 155 puppies. 155 you puppies. Go with Cody. I'm see. I, I think I might have to go with dead puppies because I think they're cute and adorable. They just aren't playing with me right now in this particular game. Um, that's probably pretty dead on, actually. I'll say 160 because I, yeah, I'll say 160. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm about with you. I think. Um, I think it's it's got all of that merit. It's it's great games, great gra- graf- graphics, and all that sort of thing. But just the mechanic, trying to juggle the bells and other bits and pieces all at the same time, is just just for me. It I, it just hasn't got that sort of like immediate pick up and playability, and you want to progress through the same as as Twinkle Tail. So yeah, I'm 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 going to go around about 160 for this one. I feel like if you took out the bell mechanic and just put in like a straight boring like power up mechanic, it just comes down you either collect it or you don't. The game would be like a 180. Yeah, it would, it would go up. <laughs> <laughs> Solid game. So we have a winner. Then we have Twinkle Tail. That we do, and uh, we have an episode of Pixel Guide in. Yeah. So, um, without being able to hear Eric, I'm literally watching the bars on my screen go by to see if he says anything. He said something a second, just one second ago there. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eric's back. Oh, yay. Am I back? Can you hear me okay, Cody? Yeah, we can, we can hear you just in time to, to give the outro. Yeah, let's do the outro before something else fails. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on this very rough episode of Pixel Gaiden. Uh, yep. In roughly 30 days, uh, everything in my end of the thing should be all moved in. We should be good to go. So uh, thanks for hanging in with us there. Thank you again to RetroRewind.ca for supporting the show. Get all your cool Commodore Plus 4, 16, uh, 128, 64, all the other number of goodies, and the Amiga. Uh, there at RetroRewind.ca. Get your, your Commodore's recapped at his recapping service and all that good stuff. Um, and on the next show, we're going to talk about something thankful rather than something gory and spooky and dangerous, right? Thankful, yes. We'll think, do, do something thankful. We'll have to think about what that will entail. 
if I remember correctly, Tim, nothing nothing happens in November. There's no holidays over there. It's just kind of a dead month. Uh, yeah, it's just well, uh, well. No, you say that, but it's, it's not exactly a holiday. But we have uh, November the fifth, which is Guy Fawkes, which is like your July fourth. So we set off a load of fireworks. There you and, go, and burn stuff, burn <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. So we look forward to those two things next month. Uh, but in the meantime, we just want to say it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to go, go alone. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction, that's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account, that's patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input, so hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.